Kenny Pickett. Getting worse. They won't obey their parents. They just want to fart and curse. Should we blame the government or blame society? Or should we blame the images on TV? No. Matt. Turn it off. Matt. Turn it off. For the beady little eyes and flapping heads on all the lies. Matt. Matt. He gone. <laughs> wow. Not, one, not wanting to. Um, oh. <laughs> you can talk. It's all good. We got the, okay. we got the lo-fi music as well. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to episode two to one of the UK Steelers podcast. I'm Sam Wynn Stanley, your host. That was the voice of Gavin Marshall. Gavin, Hello. Can I help you? I say I'm not wanting to celebrate a man losing his job, but on the other hand. Thank God. <laughs> Bravo. Well, you, the, these two soundboards are joined today by uh, our friends Mark Hansen, Mike Farrell. Uh, no, no, Farrell, Farrell. I'm all over the place. And Kets, how are you doing, gentlemen? <laughs> so this is why you pick five-letter names so we can't get it wrong, boys. Uh, yeah, Kets. No. I like that. Is it even Mark and Mike? It's too close. I can't handle it. We've been over this. Gentlemen, we're here. It's a new age, a new dawn, a new time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. As you heard at the top there, Matt Canada, gone. He gone. He gone. Uh, and in a rare in-season move. Um, let me just get, let's get the housekeeping out of the way first, right? Because we'll, this is going to, I imagine, take up the first hour of the show, <laughs> right? He's talking about mm-hmm. Matt Canada and this offense and, and, and all that's gone on. So let's get the usual things out of the way. Um, housekeeping throws a couple quid on patreon.com forward slash UK Steelers pod as our wonderful, beautiful show producers have done this month. Rob Ferguson, Mark Hansen, Glenn Jones, Matt Audley, Joel Spencer, Steve Williams, Jason Bowdler, Ian Faruja, Christian Rob, Thomas Fielding, Joe Pearson, and a new patron, Christopher Anderson. Thanks to those wonderful producers. Thank you, one and all. And I wanted to share a message. Um, Chris, Christopher, who um, who got in touch with me uh, today, uh, or yesterday, uh, with a message. And uh, I asked if I could read it out because I thought it was a very nice message. Um, and it kind of gave me a smile and something that I wanted to mention. So uh, he wrote in, he said, Evening, chaps, just a quick message to say, keep up the awesome work. Been listening for almost three years now, as long wow. as I've seriously followed the sport and our Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's absolutely my go-to podcast every week. You guys have been a massive part of my developing love for the sport and the experience of enjoying the NFL wouldn't be the same without our little UK Steelers community and all that you guys in particular do for it. Once again, keep up the good work and I look forward to many more years of the podcast. Go Steelers! Oh man, that is that is unreal. Yeah, nice. Thanks, Chris. I'm yeah, going to call you Chris because I feel like I know you now. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that. Because it's, it's like, you know, we just talk into the ether. We talk to us, basically. But, you know, talking to our mates. But it's nice to know that people out there appreciate what we do. Yeah, so thanks. Absolutely, that's what I said. And and the reason I love that message in particular was the, that he said, you know, from getting involved in the sport, this is the part of the reason that I feel like I've really enjoyed it and really got to know the sport because that's exactly how I felt with like around the NFL and DDFP, right, Gav, in the mm-hmm. early days, and uh, just the idea that we're doing that for one person might be, you know, that, that's awesome. That's that's dope. So, we can stop the show now. We've yeah, done it. I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, well, done. <laughs> well, hang on, he said many Chris. years to come, so you can't <laughs> stop the show just yet. How disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> just called it we've peaked um welcome well thank you chris i appreciate that um i just wanted to yeah, mention man. that at the top of the show it's awesome okay to the news um a rare um pre 
game pr- uh, review news drop, I think, is in order, Gav. If indeed it's right. Uh, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. All right. Let's go. Dealers on three. One, two, three. Dealers. Matt Canada is gone. The first coach to be fired in season since 1941. Can you name that coach? Bert Bell, was it? Well done. Very Who good. fired himself. Yeah, great move. <laughs> great move from Bert. Um, Matt Canada, as we all know, failed to cross 400 yards in a single game of his tenure. The Steelers have averaged 18.6 points in his run and scored uh, 30 points just twice in his 44 games in charge. Uh, Tomlin said that he did not consult with ownership or Omar Khan and the decision was all his, but Jerry Dulac has reported that uh, it came from uh, Rooney II in a meeting that he had uh, where he was quite frustrated with the performance of the offence. Please, yeah. I was going to say, after this game, which we'll talk about in a bit, it was probably the most depressed I've been for a while and it was mainly due to the fact that we felt locked into having this situation for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, this hasn't happened since 1941. So none of us were expecting to, for this to happen. I think that's what this like outpouring of joy and relief has been on, on Twitter. It's just that we don't have to suffer this for, you know, seven more games, however many it is left. Yeah. There's maybe a lot to be said about the, um, the out, outpouring of joy for a dude getting fired. Right. And, and even, even maybe some of the decorum presented over the last, uh, you know, three or four months in relation to Matt Canada, but I, I don't really want to get into that. We, we've spoke about that and we probably played into it, no doubt, um, in, in some little way, but outside of the, the feelings of Matt Canada and, and whether we should, we should be cheering for a guy being fired. I mean, I think we all felt that th- this was long past due, but we just never believed it would happen in season for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, what is it you think is different about this situation that's prompted? It seems like ownership to get involved, right? Uh, uh, Mike, you said, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, it seems given the fact that this is the first time this has happened since the forties and we've had bad runs in the past. You know, it, over time, we've had bad runs, so it it would surprise me if this was the straw that broke the camel's back for Tomlin to make the call. It, right. it does scream to me like ownership, or at the very, I'm not saying the ownership, you know, banged down Tomlin's door and said, we're making the call now, but certainly there must have been an element of influence, one way or the other, um, for this decision to be made. I don't know if it's ever felt as hopeless as this before. I mean, we've had down years, you know, the Mason season, but again, that's all explainable and understandable. But this situation, it just, it just felt like you're breaking your potential franchise QB. He's definitely not one yet, but he could be. And the fans are just going to turn off. They're all chanting, you know, at hockey games, the people are chanting fire Matt Canada. They're losing the fan base. The, The ownership is damaging their product. Yeah. So it's a business decision. Has to be. And you look at the Mason slash Duck season. You know, you after Ben went down, you sort of went, okay, look, it's 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 gonna be a rough ride. The fact that we came out at season eight and eight was shocking. Let's be fair. Um, if anyone would have said to us right after Ben went down, yeah, you're gonna be below five hundred. You kind of go, well, yeah, kind of expect that really with with the pieces that we've got. I think what what stings more with this is, like you said, Gav, we've got a. A rookie, a rookie QB or second year QB on his rookie deal, this is the time to start taking advantage. And I think worse worse more than that, the preseason gave us a little bit of a sprinkling, a little bit of that tease. And as a result of that, we went in with 
maybe delusions of grandeur is too strong a phrase, but certainly cement lofty expectations around easily double digit wins. And we've just gone nowhere near that. You know, we, we've had a little tease and that's been it. And as every week has gone on and the stats haven't lied and, and I'm not one for believing every stat is a hundred percent. I think the stats do lie, but in our case, they really don't. And we're almost just spent the last eight weeks, nine weeks hanging on to a miracle play. There hasn't, there's just been very little to, to scream and shout about, mm. which is, the, which has been the major problem. There's, where's the light at the end of the tunnel. And with the fact that we don't have a history of firing coaches, we all sort of could see, well, we're actually, we're not going to get ending until next season. We're now going to have to wait until July, August, September next year to get excited for football because we're just going to peter out this year averaging 16 points a game. That's the thing as well, because we mentioned about, oh, it's okay to have a bad run, but it wasn't a bad run. It was just consistently bad. It yeah. was every week, the same thing. You knew what you were getting. The amount of times punt is written next to the end of a, a Pittsburgh drive is just ridiculous it was three and out or on a really really good drive six and out you know that that's about as much as it it was happening and we're at the stage where Kenny is he the guy is he not well we're never going to know while while Canada's there so we had to pull the trigger at this point otherwise you know Kenny's going to be wasted we're going back into the uh into the draft next year and we can't sort out our sort of secondary issues we've got to go back and sort out quarterback first you know it's at least by doing this and giving Pickett kind of seven games, and I appreciate, yeah, they can't fully change the scheme, they can't fully change the playbook, but they can make enough kind of material differences. There'll be, and I think one of um, sort of Canada's criticisms was that he always seemed to call the wrong play at the wrong time. Well, hopefully Sullivan being play caller will negate that to a certain extent, and we can have a look at some plays, we can simplify the playbook to a little bit and at least then be less predictable. Teams were looking at us at the line of scrimmage going, oh, well, we know exactly what play this is. It's a screen or, you know, it's a run up the middle. It was blatantly obvious and we could see and call out from 5,000 miles away what a team was going to do, and, you know, and what, what Pittsburgh were going to do on an offensive drive. And that's just unforgivable at the NFL level. It, was, it wasn't even a college offense that we were running. It was, it was less than that on, on some days. It was just... Horrific, and and the damaging the product is a really key point. I changed my Twitter name this week to "There is no standard" because that's genuinely how I felt after that Browns <laughs> game. There isn't a standard anymore. We can't score more than you know ten, fifteen points consistently. It's ridiculous. Well, I think it was a turning point, wasn't it? Sorry, Mark. I'll let you come back in very soon. Uh, I think it was a turning point, though. The mask had slipped. Like they've got away with it up until this point, and it was meeting this like top ten, top five, maybe the best defense in the league expose the Steelers for what they are, which is unable to move the ball. Yeah, They've been lucky. They've been getting away with it, and this exposed oh, yeah. them. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Mike, what were you going to say? Well, no, no, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right there. And, you know, we're, we're, we're obviously, you know, not celebrating, but we're, you know, we're, we're happy that this move's been made. This, this is sort of a move, a team who's probably, you know, at this point of the season, what, two and eight, three and seven, who's celebrate? We're six and four. It's weird. It, it, it's, it's very bizarre, but if, you wonder if that plays into it as well. The fact that we're still, you know, genuine playoff contenders at this mm. point, maybe, you know, the thinking there is, look, the offense is turgid. Maybe we need to make this move now in order to be able to get this push through for this for this playoff run. You know, there, there, there's a big chance that could have played into it as well. So it, mm. it's mad. I mean, you, you look at, the, I mean, the Bills really opened the door for us with, 
the firing of their OC. Um, that was literally, was that this week? No, last week. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, week before, week yeah. Before, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, that whether that opened the door for what we did or not, I, I don't know. But again, that's a team who were did five we... and five at the time. So yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah. The, the timing of it. And I, I do think it's because there is a genuine chance that we could still make the playoffs here. So let's just do what's best for this team right now um, to see if we do genuinely have that chance. Yeah, and also, I think you said Ketz said about uh, evaluating Kenny. That's that's exactly right. We yeah. don't, mm. we you don't want to finish this whole season and not be sure if it, if Kenny has regressed through his own regression or just regressed within the scheme because you don't want to get into a situation where they start flip flopping between quarterbacks. We did that with going back to Stewart and um, Maddox back in the sort of early 2000s, flip-flopping, and you never really get a sense of who wins it. I mean, looking back, it's pretty obvious that Cordell Stewart should have been the starting quarterback, but because of the sort of constraints of the offense at the time, they weren't prepared to go full kind of crazy read option, wildcat, whatever, running quarterback style. So they kind of hampered him, so they kept flip-flopping. And the risk is that they were going to start doing that. I'm, I'm just terrified they were going to start doing that. Drop Kenny, keep, keep Canada, go with Mitch, get four or five games out of him, then decide, oh, let's give Kenny another shot. And then you get to the end of the season and you don't know anything. You're none the wiser. Mm. And then you fire your OC and then you go into a whole new season. Better to do it now. Yep. Yeah. Try and try and oh, no, see if we can get a guy in and hopefully we'll talk about some candidates on who we think, but get a guy in, get him working and then they can go into the off season with some familiarity. Mm-hmm. Go on, mate. Look at, look at someone like the Bears. Like the, All the talk is they're still not 100% sure with Justin Fields what they've got. And we don't want to be in a position where at the end of Kenny's third year, um, we still don't know what we've got. And I, I think if you were to compare the two, I was thinking about this earlier, actually, that you know ownership will always sign off, you know, taking a quarterback in the first round um, and under, understandably so. We've got a lot invested in him already, not financially, but just the structure that we've built and using such a high draft pick on someone like that. There was always, if it was ever going to be a who's the weak link here, Kenny Pickett or Matt Canada, Matt was always going to be the first the first domino to fall. Yeah, had to, had to have been because of the investment that that ownership had made, which again ties in what I mentioned earlier about I think Rooney uh, Rooney did have some form of say in this because he signed off getting Pickett in the first round anyway. Yeah, but we sure. need to know what we have of him ultimately. We we uh, this is probably a sign that Kenny Pickett you know now has one more chance. You would think, and I can't see a situation in which Kenny. Won't be the QB next year. We'll, well, I suppose that depends how these final games go, and maybe we can have that discussion in the off season. Uh, we can talk a bit about Kenny a little bit more in a moment. I, I just wanted to mention when we're talking about reasons why this occurred in season. I think there's a combination of it, obviously, but um, obviously excuses have gone. Uh, I feel like this this team and even this fan base to an extent has come up with excuses for a long, long time now. N- not necessarily just to defend Canada, but to defend all elements of the offense. Right? You know, the the old line is terrible. Then the excuse becomes that Canada is tel- terrible, you know. And I think a lot of it is looking for excuses to not say that Kenny Pickett is terrible. Um, so let's wait and see. I'm not necessarily saying that right now, but Kenny Pickett has looked terrible this year uh, and has regressed. Um, I just wanted to mention uh, Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette um, believes that to- part of the reason this happened is that Tomlin has lost the locker room. He said, "Anytime a coach loses the locker room or is in danger of losing the locker room, I think these types of things happen." And it's readily apparent Tomlin lost the locker room. Harris wasn't just talking for himself when he spoke out Sunday. Tomlin might not have made this move, but the owner probably took the temperature of the room. 
Mm. Najee's thought... comments, like, sorry, God, just say Najee's comments, I think, play into this a little <laughs> bit for me. We can talk about that later on now. But I, I think what he said uh, after the game, which was pretty damning, right? And, and and was not, if anyone hasn't heard it, I mean, he was he was sort of saying that, uh, you know, we can't, can't go on winning like this and he can't necessarily say what he wants to say. And, and it, it seemed disparaging of the offense and, and the Steelers' plan as a whole. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily love what he said from from Naji's perspective, but but it does point to the fact that you know the players are more and more becoming frustrated, and that happens when the team plays this turgidly for so long. I thought you could see it on the field by, yeah. by the second quarter. The body language mm. was shot on, on offense, defensively. Yeah. yeah, defensively fine. They're fired up, but the, the the offense players walking back to the huddle with drop heads, mm-hmm. hanging, swinging their arms. It looks like they'd lost belief. Not even celebrating. When Pickens yeah. picked up that 15 yards on first and 15, that's that should have been, you know, after penalty, that's a huge play, and they just stood up and like slowly loped back to the to the huddle. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh, they've lost it. They're, they're they're not into this. Yeah. And then and then like those comments from Najee after the game, you just think, geez, yeah, there's, there's a collapse happening here. The only the only person who did, which if you guys saw this, maybe laugh, was Kevin Olsen got clocked as the fifth fastest run all year by Next Gen Stats. <laughs> only not not in a play, just to celebrate the uh, uh, Jalen Warren's touchdown. Now, that's also, but Gab, you're totally right. Swinging arms, head looking up to the sky. I mean, that's been going on for weeks as well. That's mm. and that's not something. That's a, such an. A, this is a rational emotive uh, action to do with very little thought process because you've had, you know, you don't think about there's cameras all over me. It's just an instant reaction to what's just happened. I'm sure we've both and done it on the golf course, Mike. Many, 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 many times, Gav, yes. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's totally natural. I understand why they've done it. Um, and I think this has been brewing for quite a while. The Najee comments I, th- I thought were interesting. I wonder yeah. where he was. What, what pointing. do we think he meant? Yeah, what do we think he meant by that? That it's not you don't even see half the stuff that goes on around here. I think it's deflection. I, I, not to necessarily say that he's wrong. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of frustration floating around about the way the offense is run and, and how things. I mean, we've heard things right about how things are operating behind the scenes and how lackadaisical it was. Ex players have come out and said that um, that the coaching is a little bit lackadaisical on offense compared to other places, but. I just, from the Najee perspective of coming out and saying it, that to me is deflecting from his own situation. That's not a team first thing. It's a weird thing to come from a guy like Najee who's considered the leader of the team. I don't want to like completely dog on him, but I don't know, dude. When you've been outperformed by an undrafted rookie and then you come in, you know, you, you're collecting a horde of media types around you immediately after the game to like wax lyrical about what you think is wrong with the offense. I don't know. Pipe down a little bit, Najee. <laughs> Just weird behaviour, I thought. It, it, it could be exactly what, what he's saying. It, he's not talking about himself, but given his performances and then the Jalen Warren effect, I can understand why people want to put two and two together and get four. It it because there's a there's a clear link between the two. If there wasn't any of that, if he was performing out of his out of his skin, mm-hmm. then you might look at it and say, yeah, it, it's got to be something internal going on, but not involving him. But but with all this going on, yeah, you, I can I can see why you say that. So I know we like to say, you know, we don't want our NFL players to be boring, right? We don't want them just to be um, carbon copies of each other and reading sound bites and stuff. But if you want to see what a leader looks like this week, go listen to Cam Haywood and his podcast and the things he was saying. I don't think being a leader is is sitting there and, and complaining to the media immediately after the game. I just think it's a bad look. But then again. They went and they went and fired the guy that you've been wanting run out of town for six sure, months. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Naji. Yeah, he's a real leader. <laughs> um, you did. Kets mentioned, of course, that uh, Mike Sullivan, who's the QB coach, will be calling plays. Eddie Faulkner, the running back coach, is is kind of listed as the new OC. Although I suppose they're kind of co-offensive coordinators, right? 
Um, but Mike Sullivan will be the the voice that Kenny hears in his ear calling the plays. Now I've got I've got some what I thought were pretty they're, they're quite long, but I do solicit uh, these inquiries, and and I think this week especially the Patreons had some uh, you know some things to say, not necessarily even questions, but I think some interesting points that they hit on because I, I asked specifically about. Right about now, you're about to be possessed by the sounds of. Simon, social media corner. <laughs> <laughs> I, what the hell God, going on. I was lost. I was totally lost. I did not know where that was going. Um, okay, fair enough. Uh, so, Ian. <laughs> Ian Fruger, our friend, writes in. He says, um, it feels like this game was the straw that broke the camel's back. I think for the team to know if Kenny Pickett is slash can be the man, Canada needed to go. If nothing else, his tenure was becoming a distraction. Yeah, I agree. If Pickett doesn't show improvement in the rest of the season, I would imagine a team start, uh, starts to explore their options, especially given uh, a new OC will be coming in. Will they even want to work with Kenny Pickett or will they want a different kind of QB? I'm looking at you, Justin Fields. All right, Ian wants Justin Fields. Um, outside of the obvious talking point of Kinder's departure, Austin's seat feels like that's warming up too. He cost the team two timeouts on the weekend. He doesn't seem to be adjusting well and instead is relying on individual brilliance to get the team out of the hole. Aaron Curry does seem to have made a huge difference to the linebacker room. Maybe we need more outside voices coming in and changing things up. I certainly hope Tomlin sees that and agrees. Let's go get someone that's got some exciting ideas for the offense. So That's a great point yeah. about Aaron Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it is that or just Bush was so bad. But it's, <laughs> it's telling that they've had all these guys come in, and I'm including Michael Walker in that, that they come in and play and look authoritative out there. Mm-hmm. And Bush was so terrible, so I think it was just a, a you know a spoiled draft pick. But maybe it is a linebacker coach. But I can't believe that the linebacker coach has made an influence in a, in a week on uh, Michael Walker. What do you think of um, his point about Terrell Austin? Because on the one hand, I think ah, that's a little bit harsh, especially these last few weeks. We've had so many injuries in the same areas in terms of you know backers and safeties. Yeah. Um, the, the the areas you've seen struggles in have, have been those areas it feels like and then you know I, I do understand what he's saying there has been there have been some things that have frustrated me about Austin's tenure so far but I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that he's in uh, a hot seat situation would you no I think he's he's been fine because all the pressure's been on Canada but there are there are certain times where I don't I think he goes to prevent too soon I think he goes to a little bit conservative too quickly uh, rather than just stick to attacking. How they how they attack regular football in you know end of game situations where the teams seem to be moving the ball too quickly on the Steelers. Uh, aside from that, yeah, I, I think I'm I, I, I'm I'm happy with him. Let's just say that. And would Kenny Pickett put offensive coordinators off wanting this job? I let's be honest, coordinators, coaches, etc. They all have a massive ego. So being able to inverted commas be the guy that again inverted commas fixes Kenny Pickett. That's that's going to earn major kudos. So I, I can still see it being an attractive proposition, but I suppose we would say that. I mean, Eric Bieniemy took a sideways job where he was, he was Mahomes' coordinator and now he's Sam Howells' coordinator. So, hmm. I mean, if they can do that, I mean, we, surely we can get anyone. <laughs> surely, yeah. yeah. Um, our friend from earlier in the show, Christopher, uh, also wrote in, Christopher Anderson. Now, I thought this was a very interesting take, which I, I quite like this. I want to hear what you all think of this. My worry is that at least for now, it's too little too late. Don't get me wrong, it's great news and I absolutely feel that it had to happen, but the hole that we're in didn't start with hiring Matt Canada. Hear me out, okay? I love Ben. For years, he was the man, a true legend, a first ballot Hall of Famer and a Pittsburgh hero. No argument there. My issue is how much he held back the development of this offense and for his eventual successor. 
I can't remember where I read it. I, I, well, then he mentions, he, he's just talking about how he can't remember where he heard this, but I heard this as well, so I don't think he's made this up, that um, Ben effectively was not the most uh, applicable, right, to uh, other QBs being brought in in the latter years of his tenure. And, and, you know, well, Mason. To, to right, that's call, exactly yeah, the ref- Yeah, that's exactly what he goes on to talk about. So he says that someone, someone were talking about his reluctance to play ball with the organization in regards to going out and spending serious draft capital on a long-term slash franchise replacement. Now, this is where I think his point gets really interesting. So um, let's be honest. We all knew that quite, quite quickly that Mason Rudolph wasn't the heir apparent. What could have been if we'd gone out and looked at a Josh Allen in 2018 instead of Mason Rudolph? A proper plan for a top-tier QB to sit behind Ben, knowing that he would take the reins after one or two years. 2020, Jalen Hurts in the second. Packers did it with Jordan Love, and that might not be the best example, but at least he tried. We're now no closer to knowing uh, what the future is. If Kenny is the man or not, and even if he is, we're still a couple of ways from him actualizing his potential in terms of a Super Bowl window. And we're wasting a legit championship-level defense, wasting TJ, Minka, Cam, DJ, Muth, Najee, and George Pickens. It was a poor strategy, and now we're paying the price. I thought this was a really insightful comment um, that, that I hadn't even thought about in this conversation, taking it all the way back to Ben. And how, when you think about it, I mean, this is true. Most teams operate on a kind of, you know, a sliding scale. They have plans in place while the latter parts of other plans are ending, right? And it did feel like the, the end of the Ben era, for better or worse, was a hard full stop. And that the Steelers really did just have to reset after that point. Now, not obviously not for the entire team. A lot of the weapons are the same and, and the defense is still is still great in many areas. But... As far as QB play goes, we really did start at square one, you know, and and it does feel like the team would have preferred to have had a guy in the building. Who knows who that could have been? I have the same concern, A, because, you know, we've potentially wasted the Super Bowl era of that legitimately top three, top five defense, if not better. And equally, because of this Matt Canada situation now that we're in and, and leaving it too late, we've got potentially seven games to find out if Pickett is the guy or not. Um, and we're going into a year where there's a very strong quarterback class. You've got Quinn Ewers from Texas, Bo Nix from Oregon. You've got Caleb Williams, you'll have heard about, Michael Penix Jr., Drake May, McCarthy, Rattler to a lesser way. extent. There's, <laughs> there's a number of high-profile QBs. It's a really strong QB class this year. And if we're undecided, then... We've done the traditional Steelers thing of performing okay and enough wins that we're never going to be towards the top of the draft. And yeah, it's great that we've never been under 500, but equally that that element of our play and the fact we win close games means that we're never going to be kind of high enough up to take one of these top guys. And from a team building standpoint, us being kind of slightly better than average has really hamstrung us over the sort of five, seven eight years at least that I've been a Steelers fan. Uh, I was thinking about this. There's a bit questionable from Kevin Colbert in his last draft turning around and going, here guys, here's a quarterback. See ya. <laughs> I'm out the door. And I appreciate Omar Khan was in the room as well. He probably got signed up too. Um, but no, Ketch, you do make, you do make a fair point. Where where we sit, but I, I don't think we come to the end of the season thinking we have a, an informed decision on KP. I think we have to wait the next year. I think you're probably right, unfortunately. But I agree. Well, I don't even know if Ketz made this point, but if he did, Ketz, I would agree with it. That I think at this point, unless we, I mean, unless in the last seven games we see something really crazy out of Kenny Pickett, you know, well, let's wait and see. But at, at the moment, I would be saying, I don't care what happens, the Steelers should at least be open to looking to draft in a QB next year. I'm not saying you have to do it, 
Not saying that the guy you take even has to be the first round or has to necessarily start. But mm. as far as I'm concerned, until you know that you've got the franchise QB in the building, draft a quarterback every year. All right, sorry, I'll start doing my QB scouting. Maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe if Jesus they listen Christ. to a certain overseas podcast, they might be start taking some sleepers in the later right? round. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Rather than Chris Aludican. Um, just just as a slight counterpoint, though, I I didn't hate the plan of making Ben as comfortable for as long as possible while he was still playing. Mm. He, you've got to respect. He's a, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, as Christopher said. So, uh, I think you keep him happy, and I think they made the right move. They get in a veteran bridge guy, Trubisky, and and draft a a, a rookie. Neither of them worked out. They're both looking like failures. But that's and, more of a a different question than the, the 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 idea of it. That's just the scouting process rather yeah. than. The and the, the the counterpoint with that as well is, is I know Christopher mentioned about the Jordan Love situation, but. You know, how many off-seasons was it? Oh, is this the year? Is this the year Rodgers is gone? Is it? He has one bad game. Oh, Jordan Love. Like, did we really want to bring that into the neighbourhood? With all that, you know, that grief? Not really. No, that's not really RML. Yeah. And how much so. did he really progress sitting behind Rodgers? Mm-hmm. It seems like this, mm-hmm. is his, this is his rookie year, essentially, isn't it? And, you know, he's going through all those trials and tribulations of being a rookie. So I'm not sure how much. It's just delayed. It's delayed the process in, in a lot of ways. I, I suppose that is true, but... but... Regardless of whether it was the right or the wrong thing to do uh, from the team's perspective with Ben's feelings taken into account, does Ben hold some blame for, you know, for, for acting that way? For be- it's, it's, not just, it's not just Ben's feelings, it's draft capital. You don't want to be taking, if you're going to get a good quarterback, you can take him in the first couple of rounds. Well, that, that's a receiver or that's that's the tackle they should have drafted, you know, hmm. or, 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 a, or a key piece on defense where, you know, if you're taking a QB, that's not going to help your team right now. Yeah, DeMarvin Leal was key. All right, that's a third round. <laughs> but, but in addition, surely ownership should be t- saying, look, you know, you've been great and all, Ben, but we, we write the checks. You know, we're, we're in charge here. I mean, ownership essentially got Troy Polamalu out of the building. They shouldn't, you know, if they really were concerned, they shouldn't have been afraid to just cow, cow tone to, to Ben. So, um, yeah. I, I think the crux Balancing. of it is that, that it just left us with no flexibility is the only thing, right? Mm. If you'd have gone in knowing that you had time to maybe create a bit of a runway for yourself then you would have had a few years to kind of assess the QB situations in the draft and in free agency and who knows who it would have ended up with maybe it would have been Jalen Hurts maybe it would have been Josh Allen maybe it would have been I don't know Josh Rosen right but at the end of the day it it would not have fallen into 2020 where we end up sort of sitting there looking looking at the QBs and saying well we got this Kenny Pickett guy we got um we got the guy who Tennessee drafted whose name even escapes me now because he's done absolutely F all um and we've Malik Willis, Malik Willis, and or we can like wait till the fifth round and grab Sam Howell. You know, it wasn't it wasn't an inspiring Which class the at the time. Yeah, I understand that, but it, it wasn't an inspiring class at the time, right? You know, so mm-hmm. we but we were locked in there. I mean, we everyone knew we had to take a QB. Mm. Um, yeah, it's they, not they looking themselves into a corner. Yeah, it's, it's not sure. looking particularly inspiring at the moment when you look at the fact that the best QB to come out of it was the last guy picked in the entire <laughs> draft. So, I mean, only someone had called that. I know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The timing I mean, the was bad for it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk a little bit about what comes next then. Um, and I'll use Jason's writing for this. Jason Bowdler, uh, Facebook czar. Well, after watching this team for 38 years, I can safely say that was one of the worst tenures of any coach for the Steelers. Uh, showing your age there, Jason. 38 years. Come on, brother. Uh, <laughs> 
That's experience. <laughs> Get off your cap to that man. We were joking about this today. He was saying that in 1997, he was however old he was. And I was like, I was one. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> he, he didn't like that. Um, he said, we, we had been, we had struggled, uh, we've been struggling on offense uh, before, but that was back when defense was king and QBs were allowed to be sacked. In this day and age, we were basically atrocious. Personally, I'm glad Kenny Pickett gets another shot at his career. But he is under pressure. Maybe not this season, as I expect there will be continually growing, continual growing pains in a limited offense, but definitely hot seat material next year. Uh, then he says, I hope coaching staff, the coaching staff think outside the box on the next appointment. Fresh ideas and a little eyes open scenario wouldn't be a bad thing. Love Lincoln Riley, but whether he steps down as a college head coach, I think is unlikely. Ben as offensive coordinator? No, thank you. I don't think he was the best teammate to everyone. Ben getting some heat today. Um, would prefer to see him earn his chops elsewhere if he were to coach. I think he loves chugging beers and looking at perplexed at Kenny Pickett on film anyway. So, who do you think is going to be the next offensive coordinator? Um, I actually have the odds, if you would like them, from a Pennsylvania-based bookmaker that I suppose takes bets on this kind of thing. Um, and somehow they've got it in percentage chances. Don't ask me how that's happened on a betting site, but this is what <laughs> I've got. We've got a 12.5% chance that it's either Mike Sullivan uh, or Eric Faulkner. Please, God, no. I can't see that. I really think they go outside the operation. They have to, please, please. Steelers organization. We've got right, a nine. So. We've got 9.1% uh, Byron Lefwich. Uh, which is a name that's come up on this show a few times. Obviously, I saw that Plesko Burris was out there campaigning for him this week, and uh, he reached out, I think, to be a Steelers offensive co- uh, consultant uh, this offseason, I think, right? Um, obviously, a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator with the Bucks and uh, a former Steeler under Tomlin. So a lot of connections there. That makes a lot of sense. He's the favorite of the outside guys. 6.2% Scott Tolzien, the Cowboys QB coach, and Alex Tanney, the Eagles QB coach. Uh, 5.4% Big Ben and Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, no. <laughs> and then 33% is the field. Other. Leftwich is interesting. Yeah. I mean, he was, in, I thought he was instrumental in Brady in Tampa, mm-hmm. uh, that Super Bowl. But it kind of ended with a lot of criticism, didn't it? When Brady, after Brady, he was run out of town for, for turning too run heavy, mm. I've heard. Uh, doesn't that sound like a, that was a Mike Tomlin te- uh, fever dream? Yeah, it feels like one. So that that could work. Almost uh, makes right. too much sense, though. It does, and we we don't really know their relationship, Tomlin. And uh, I mean, happy happy memories from those times. But uh, I mean, if it, it seems like the logical hire, right, Leftwich. But yeah. there are other candidates that could be uh, more exciting, but we don't know their names. What are you going to say, Kets? I was going to say I don't want someone that just comes in and just says yes to Tomlin. I want someone to come in and challenge Tomlin because I feel like the status quo at the minute is that Tomlin talks in riddles to the media and this is sorry I'm going to go on a bit of a rant now but this is this has wound me up this year. So brilliant. God, he speaks for so half an hour without actually saying anything. He gives us the same <laughs> and I appreciate Tomlinisms right but I'm getting a bit tired of it when it's it's not taking responsibility for some of the things that happen and he's just saying Oh, we're not going to apologise for winning. Well, fine, don't apologise for winning. Apologise when the offence is consistently rubbish and you've stood by a coach. And yeah, fair enough, I get why you stood by the coach. But equally, I don't get why you stood by the coach. Two years ago, we were saying, is Canada the guy? One year ago, we were saying, is Canada the guy? Chris Boswell knew that Canada weren't the guy. Um, There's a lot of things that you just look at the decisions and go, any other NFL franchise would move quicker, more decisively, and end up with a better outcome than we have. And I get we're traditional, 
I appreciate that to a certain extent, but equally there's other times when, when I'm standing there shouting at Twitter, shouting at the telly, shouting at clouds potentially most of the time with me. But there's just certain decisions that this organization makes and you just look at it and go, why have you done that, Steelers? You've done that because this is the tradition, this is the way Pittsburgh does things. But by doing that, we're not going to get anywhere. We've got to change how we're doing things. Unless we're happy with one and done in the playoffs every year and Tomlin to keep his 500 record, that's absolutely fine. But this organisation needs to show a bit of ambition. They need someone to come in, change things up. You've got a young QB. You've got a really young offence there. You've got wide receivers. You've got move that's in a contract year. There's a lot of positives with that organisation. You've got Darnell Washington in the tight end room. If an offensive coordinator can't draw some stuff to do with that guy... They ain't an offensive coordinator. You've got a line that still needs some improvement, but you've got potentially, a whether he's left tackle or right tackle, Broderick Jones is definitely one for the future and you can build around him. There's so many positive elements that this team has, but I just question whether the Steelers organisation will have the... I don't know what the word is, but have the... The chutzpah. The stones. The stones, yes. The minerals to actually do something about it and challenge their own status quo and prove to me that there is a standard now. Because we can't win every single game 16-10. I love defensive football as much as the next guy. But one day, just go out and ruin some franchise. Make them look like they've never played football before. Go out and really... You have to have capacity to score points. Exactly. this. This offense doesn't. I don't know if you've got any more points, Si, from, from, from people that have written in. No, no, go ahead, please. Uh, I've got, on that point, um, I, I wrote a little thing here. Just I got so frustrated about, this was post, post his firing. I just was wanted to express to myself what I was most annoyed about Matt Canada. So I wrote this to myself. Good riddance. It's almost as if Matt Canada never learned that defences have agency. They don't play ball with his scheme. His playbook is from the pre-read option, pre-RPO era. All the planning and focus goes into designing what happens pre-snap and have to hope post-snap that will take care of itself. No, defenses have evolved to read mesh points and see through disguise. They can be manipulated through layered play calling, but are much harder to deceive through play design. This is where he failed. Over-reliance of the latter with zero focus on the former, like layering plays. You can't just send people downfield and expect defenders to follow them like good little boys. They are going to diagnose and make choices, choices which will render your simplistic post-scrap concepts completely ineffective. They will not be fooled with motion when they can see on film how those concepts were used last week. It's not a disguise if you wore it last week and the week before that. It's not a disguise. It's your appearance. And it's far too easy to recognize and predict. RIP Matt Canada. And then... I just wanted to add a, a great tweet, which I retweeted by at urinating tree. And he put <laughs> great Twitter name as well. The Matt Canada legacy. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Had one year at Pitt with Nathan Peterman. Failed miserably at LSU. Failed miserably at Maryland. Somehow failed upwards. An offense that harkens back to the days of middle school football. Refusing to utilize the middle of the field. Refusing to utilize competent blocking schemes for screens. Jet sweeps in, jet sweeps in caps. Endless pre-snap motion that did absolutely nothing to full defences. Underutilising Jalen Warren. Well, he certainly learned that one. Not doing anything until Kenny Pickett took control of things on final drives. Chance for him to be fired during hockey games. 
Sheer hackery that made Steelers fans miss the sheer hackery of Todd Haley and Randy Feigner, being the first coach the Steelers have fired mid-season since 1941. Can we put this guy to bed? This is over, right? This is like cathartic. Like we're getting, airing all of our, like we're sending out the ghosts, the demons, and they're done. Let's hope this is a new era. Yeah, we've we've opened the windows wide. We've sprayed uh, the spray and we've banged uh, the drums in the, the corner of the yeah, room. Yeah, the fart smell has left. Um, yeah, that's it, right? It's it's not about celebrating a guy losing his job, right? I think Cam Hayward put that well. It, it's just it's more just it's a collective sigh of relief from a city that has just you know forty four games where we've barely had any where we scored thirty points. I mean, this was a team that was used to just constant amazing offensive performances under the Killer Bees for years. Um, it was great fun, you know. Uh, I feel myself. You do know that was an anomaly, right? That well, was an anomaly. I know it was an anomaly. That was like a two and a half year period that was unlike any was other period in the Steelers' history. It extended beyond that, I think. It was yeah, there was a good few years there where even if all the bees weren't there, there was there was some element of bees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what, what, anything else on on the kind of I know it's it's, it's a broad topic. It's something we're probably gonna gonna you know touch on as we you know talk about the game and and, and everything else. There is uh, uh, there is one more person uh, who has something to say about it. Um, oh. Rich has <gasps> uh, has said something in the. Uh, in the group chat, because I asked him if he had any words for the show for for Canada. So this is what uh, this is what Rich has said about it. Uh, so this is just directly quoted him. Uh, I think it had to be done, and I think it's as much about Kenny Pickett as it is Canada. I think they want to see if there's any improvement with Kenny under a different OC, and if there isn't, they will probably target a QB at some point early in the next draft. Either way, I think they also need to go outside the organization for a new OC in the offseason. Unless, of course, Pickett has an amazing transformation under Faulkner and Sullivan. I think that pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much sums it up, yeah. Mm. I totally agree. Uh, 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 yeah, sorry, go on, go. I was going to say, what do we think needs... If you were if you were being installed, say you got the call, they fight on when, whenever it was, yesterday afternoon, the phone rang and it, Simon Winstanley, is that you? Yeah, we, we want you to come in and like uh, call some plays for the Steelers. What What would you do? Uh, call you, and <laughs> <laughs> Gav. I've got a problem. I'm not <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I don't understand the format of that question. How am I supposed to answer this? <laughs> what would you do? What would you come in and change day one? Would you keep the Canada scheme? Would you dump it? Would you reinvent the wheel? What, it, it's hard for me to say because it, how, uh, from from what I understand, it would not be possible to install a new offense over the course of of a week or, or the last seven weeks of and the they're season. not going to do that no, no. So, so it's going to have to be a regression to something to simple but what i would like to see is the integration of some some different concepts and frankly i want to see kenny pickett unleashed i'm sick of this quiet conservative kenny pickett where's the kenny pickett gone that, that didn't mind pushing the ball downfield and i don't mean the way that he's doing it now which is just okay we've we've thrown two short passes to the outside we desperately need something i'm going to heave up a lord and a prayer ball or three three and out throws yeah yeah none of that like why can't we like we know there's things over the middle <laughs> maybe not as much as there should be but we've seen examples i mean we'll get to the game the slants running free over over the middle kenny pickett is just locked into his first target he's going there almost every time and a lot of the times it's the most conservative route he could possibly target in the in the play we just need Kenny Pickett. Someone needs to get in his ear and shout at him and say, Kenny, Kenny, let it, let it rip, my friend. We, we can't continue to have games where the maximum yardage you could go for is 220. You know what I mean? We, we need to have some games where we can get involved in a shootout, where we can force the ball down the field, where, you know, we, we, we can spread spread the ball around a little bit, have more than two guys catching 95% of the, the yardage. 
we need to open up the offense. And, and how do you do that? Well, I'm not the man for that job, but maybe you are, Gav. Well, Ketz has got his hand up, so go oh, on. Oh, Ketz, please. Yes, I was going to say, two things. Sorry, One... that's my bad. I'm not paying attention to the new hand system that I implemented. <laughs> <laughs> two things. One, throw the ball to the middle of the bloody field. There's a guy called Frymoof. He's pretty damn good at catching, running, trundling, as is, I'm sure, Washington in due course. Two, if you're going to run a goddamn screenplay, get Miles Boykin out there, get George yes, Pickens yeah. out there, get Washington out there, and get Jones running out on that side of the field. Mm. Surely that's a competent screen game just by doing that. Don't get your wide receivers to run like go routes and then wonder why there's three Browns tacklers instantly in the area to make oh a God. bloody hit on the guy. Mm. But but layer that, right? Layer that as well. Because we saw too many times in this game, we line up in a certain formation or a certain personnel comes in and, and the other team immediately switches what they do. As soon as Najee comes in the game, the box is stacked because they know that we're running the ball for two yards. He's mm. got a flashing red light on the top of yeah. his head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so running power. Let's have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of common sense. Let's layer things. Let's have, you know, some disguise. Let's have some some things where you bring in a certain personnel that, that teams are used to seeing from us. And then maybe we throw a surprise go ball or maybe we throw a deep post uh, or maybe it's a bit of play action with Najee involved. You know, maybe, maybe let's let's shake things up a little bit. And you know what? Is it going to cause more turnovers? Absolutely. Will our turnover differential still be plus 11? Yeah. Probably not. But do you know what we won't have? Like 15 yards in a quarter all the time. and like, oh, <laughs> It's just garbage. Here's what I do. And if anyone else is chomping at the bit to have, have their say. Please go. Okay. No. Back to basics. You said it. Go back. You've got to keep it simple. You can't introduce some like really complex scheme. Uh, drag a little box over everything that says screen or sweep. Mm-hmm. Delete that. Mm-hmm. That's gone. Uh, start from power fundamentals. So go back to that power running game that we've seen had success. Maybe reduce the zone blocking because that seems to complicate things. More play action passes. And and the big thing that I would do is I would I would have Kenny going to every play with an audible that he can mm-hmm. he can he can audible to, and not just an audible that where you're changing the protection. A total audible that changes the formation. Try and exploit the box count. Box count. Let mm-hmm. KP change the formation. Out into a, from a run to a pass, let him spread it from wide to tight, and that that will give him the opportunity to try and exploit what he sees. And let's see if he can actually read defenses. And then the final thing I want to say: sync the boot action, high and low concepts that actually work, so that when he rolls out, he's actually got some receivers to throw to, and call plays that match and down and distance and situation. For God's sake, <laughs> don't don't call out a one yard play that gets you one yard on third and four, because then you need a yak. So call, call, call plays that match the situation you're in and, and keep it simple. That's it. Mark? I will just say, if the first play on Sunday is a throw over the middle to Frymouth for eight or eight to ten yards, we will celebrate like we've just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be the first play that we come out with on Sunday yeah. just to appease absolutely everybody that has watched this uh, team for the last two years. Throw over the middle. Two fat fryer move, eight to ten yards, boom, everybody's happy. Whole city of Pittsburgh celebrating. Sweetheart, pour me a snowball. (laughs) I am am on it tonight. Have we got any advocate left? Uh, Can I just line we do that on the second play because Cincinnati will expect it on the first one. But other than that, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, good point. It's very uh, pitiful to, to do something like that immediately after a big change. 
Um, yeah. Will we, we see a big boost? Do you think will we see a big boost? Like, like I know head coaches leave. All of a sudden, teams like <laughs> have a game where they go off. Will we have a Matt Canada effect? Yeah, well, I, I could see a positive bump in the dressing room. What are you boys saying? Yeah, yeah, and also going from possibly the best defense to one of the worst mm. is going to give you a boost anyway. Mm. Uh, just, just, just uh, that Browns defense. That was that was tough, man. They, I mean, they are now first in nine of the statistical categories across the league, including some real showstoppers like stopping the pass, passing yards, passing completions, passing touchdowns, stopping red zone attempts, uh, and first down completions. I mean, that is that is absolute killer defense. So that is that is the kind of you know test your offense against the the steel uh, in battle and lose badly. So there, there are there are reasons why this, the Steelers couldn't get going, but you know, in some ways, you need to meet these better teams because if you're going to go through the playoffs and everything like that, you you need to be ready for that. And the Steelers' is, offense is not ready for playoff football. Yeah, I, I get that to a certain extent, but I don't fully agree because Jalen Warren, there was no stopping him. Like that's true. He had a great game. He, I get that. I just think it was ineffective offense. I, I get that the Browns statistically are good, but there was areas that you were looking at that defensive scheme and going, okay, well, there's there's ways and means. There was times when we had opportunities and there were players open for 20, 25 yards, and unfortunately Pickett didn't see them, whether that was the pressure or or whatever, getting to him or the atmosphere. As, as Tomlin said, we can't play in uh, you know rowdy atmospheres, which is a ridiculous comment, frankly. But, I did think it was very loud. It was loud. You you saw the broken play with Daniels looking the wrong way. I mean, you can hear it. They're all banging on their little signs and whatever it is. I mean, it was a loud environment. Tough place to go and play. Yeah, but it's AFC North. What are you expecting? You're not telling well, yeah. me that the it's Ravens or Browns or Bengals come into our place and think, oh, they're going to be quiet and not play Renegade in the fourth quarter. No, it's going to be ferocious. That's how it should be. Hmm. You should have enough sure. about the offense that they're clear that they know what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. And yeah, fair enough, there'll be a couple of audibles. If an audible goes wrong, fair enough. But the basic play that was happening should be there or thereabouts, most times, you know, out out of 10. That's just another point, though, in support of the fact that Kenny Pickett doesn't have the um, agency to go out there and, as Gav says, call audibles at the line and and Mm -hmm. do things maybe with hand signals so that it negates some of the noise. And So communication is always going to be a big issue for this team. We lost two timeouts in the first quarter because we couldn't communicate on offense. I I wonder if... um, I mean, is that a Canada thing, the fact that Kenny doesn't have that kind of agency? To me, that's a Kenny Pickett problem. Why, Why would that be Matt Canada's issue? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he wants his his scheme in his mind is so clever and so sophisticated that there's no need to ever audible. I mean, that's just that, that, if that's the case, that's bizarre. I mean, that's just egoism gone 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 wild. Mm. I, I mean, the, the QB should always have things that they can check to at the line of scrimmage. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, is that not the standard? I understand. We don't see it. When, when have we seen it? Not when when we, no, we, no, we not Kenny. No, but is that never seen the players move pre-snap? No. As in, like, oh, let's change a play. Never. No. no. But other teams do. Exactly. If it, oh. it would feel like it, that would be the default to me that, that, that these options would at least be open to a quarterback in some in some way, shape, or form. To, to You've got to believe they aren't. I mean, I know. Yeah, exactly. So, so what I'm saying is to have a guy that just kind of goes out there and runs the plays that Matt Canada says in his helmet and doesn't really think and frankly doesn't run them very well. I mean, what? But maybe what maybe that's that guy the kind of thing that uh, Najee's alluding to that the yeah, players don't, that. They, they, they don't get their say. It's like my way or the highway from from Matt Canada. I don't know. We don't maybe. know. I mean, this is all conjecture. But 
it, it kind of makes those comments, they, they kind of trigger those thoughts in your brain. Like, what's going on? What does he mean? You don't see the half of what's going on around here. Is Matt kind of a total bastard, like walking around the, the locker room saying, you didn't execute my plan and all this? I don't know. We we, we, we don't know. So we, it's just, you know, yeah. fantasy there. But th- there's got to be a reason why we haven't seen it that kind of audible, audible and taking advantage of box counts, which is one way of, of winning in this league. Yeah. If you look, if you look at when Mason Cole and Najee talked over the Dubai week, they said, "Oh, we've got some ideas that are going to come in and, and improve the run game." And then you look at the run game since then; it's been it's point. been chalk and cheese. So, I think that there is some some truth to that, that that Canada just didn't allow people to to do their jobs almost. And if you think about Kenny Pickett, it was like four or five years out of pit. He was like a, a super senior, I think, when he came out. Mm-hmm. He had that really good sort of year in in the last year. You can't say that oh, you can't trust him to run an offense. Well, why the hell are we drafting him in the first round if you can't trust him to run the bloody offense? This is a really experienced guy that's seen a hell of a lot of looks, a hell of a lot of defenses in college. There's no reason why he shouldn't be able to, yes, it will be sped up in the NFL, but there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to come out and look at it and go, okay, they're in cover two, we're going to do this. They're in cover three, we're going to do this. And yes, there'll be a couple of times when there's some disguises and a couple of times when he ends up throwing a pick because the defense does something clever and adjusts or you know, does something schematically, which makes sense. But that's what the Steelers are doing to other teams. You know, It's the fact that he's not allowed to throw the ball more than four yards seemingly unless it's laterally there's just no trust in him to to run the offense you've got a load of young guys out there I'd rather we throw the ball deeper fair enough make some mistakes throw a few pick sixes but at least the the offset to that is you might actually have a chance to go down towards the red zone and score some bloody points for this team I don't know, man. The, the the three and out, I just mentioned it, the three and out where they threw three shots to DJ at the end of this game where where it was unleashed. It was like, okay, we need to move the ball. You know, this is our chance to seal this game. Those three shots were awful. And it was Kenny. He was open. Every, every, uh, two out of the three, DJ was wide open on the other one, 50-50. And the ball was not put in a good position for DJ. So there, this isn't all Matt Canada, you know, as much as we want to rail on him and we're glad he's gone, there's, there's problems with Kenny as well. And I'm, I'm yeah. not sure just unleashing him and letting him throw deep all the time is the answer. But, but it's the answer to what we need to find out because it, mm. this is exactly the thing. We can't, I don't think we can play this game, even though I think it is what the Steels will do of, you know, we've got seven games here, but Kenny's definitely going to be our QB next year. And that's when we're really going to figure it out. I think you've got plenty of time here to see what Kenny Pickett is. As far as I'm concerned, you go in, you get you get him, uh, you know, enfranchised to, to throw the ball a little bit, to to move it around, to go, to to just to just lose the shackles of conservatism that have that have dwelled this offense for so long. Because let's be honest, the reason that the Steelers play the kinds of games that they play, and the reason that they, we we win games 17 to 15 or whatever it is, is because. We're playing to hide the offense and hide Kenny Pickett right now. We, we we make the most conservative plays all the time that we possibly can to avoid problems. And that's why Kenny Pickett's got the longest turnover free streak in the NFL, despite clearly being the worst quarterback that started in the NFL. Well, apart from Tommy DeVito, but then after last week's game, maybe he is. <laughs> so, uh, do you know what I mean? It, it feels to me that we actually need to use these seven games to say, right, Kenny, do you actually have it in the tank? Can you go out right. and have a 400-yard mm-hmm. game? Can you compete with... 
well, maybe not a Patrick Mahomes, but you know, a, a guy who can go out and put points on the Sam Howell, right? You know, can you look well, like Junior that? Smith? Yeah, Jake Browning. And if you can, I'm sorry, if you if we spend seven games here and we're, we're sub 200 yards every game and we've maybe got three more touchdowns in the next seven games. I don't care. We, we, I'm done with it. We move on. We find something else, and we and we progress. There's no point in dwelling around in this this nasty, putrid kind of empty offense. I've got hands up all over the place. Don't know who went first. Kets, talk to me. I quite like that idea. Let him go out and see what he can do. Reason being, if he does well, brilliant. He'll be the guy for next year. If he does badly, we lose games. We get a better draft pick, and we get someone that is. Gavin. Well, we know what we have. That's the most important thing. Oh, Mike, stepping all over the hand system like some kind of crazy <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> you renegade. Um, the problem for me is uh, Kenny seems to have regressed in three main areas. I mean, contribute to this if you think I've got them wrong. Mechanics and accuracy, I think, have taken a step back. Mm-hmm. Pocket yep. movement has stepped back. Mm-hmm. And vision and processing, step yep. back. So I'm going to go back. Mechanics and accuracy. Sometimes you have to break apart a player's throwing motion to improve it, like uh, a golf swing. Like Dean, we call it uh, A-level PE coming in, de-entangling subroutines, right? So you have to break apart your habits to then rebuild new ones. But do we really want to do that mid-season? So I think that should be tackled in the off-season. I think get like a Jordan Palmer type character in to work on his throwing motion because I I don't know if it's his... uh, his his history as as a baseball pitcher, but everything's damn fastball, right? Yeah. Everything comes out super hot, and it's kind of flat. And we're seeing all those tip passes and swats. Is that something to do with his release? Is that why he doesn't want to take the middle middle of the field shots because he's worried about tips, and that that leads to interceptions? You know, d- does he need to like get a bit more loop, a bit more touch? I think he does. So I think I think that's something, but I don't think that can be improved. Pocket movement, right? He needs to get. In, back into the habit of re-establishing the pocket. When he moves up in the pocket, he's just scrambling. He's looking to scramble. He, he, he rarely re-establishes his base, his base and takes a shot. He had DJ open for a big gain on a deep deep rub route in the second quarter. Instead, he scrambled for five. If he just he just all he needs to do is set his feet and throw the ball. He bails out when he should step up. The, set, the second sack, classic example, should have stepped up. Right, Jones arced the rusher. I think it was Darius Smith back round. In, in in a good you know in a good like pass rush defense arc right Kenny just bails straight into the arc I mean what are you going to do that looks like it's Jones's fault looks like he's lost but no Kenny like walked into the pressure or bailing to the side where there's no receivers that happens in most games totally pointless mm-hmm. uh, he bailed because of a free rusher in this game but he had Naji there who was there and picked up and soaked up the rush so that needs to be calmed down I think that can be worked on that 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 would be my I think that's the easiest to fix. Maybe not the hard, it might be quite hard to become elite at, but I think you can fix some of these problems. And then the vision processing, he's not taking those middle over the middle targets. And he's feeling the rush too hard, right? He, he's bailing and he's panicking when the rush is happening. I'm sorry, the rush is going to happen on every single play. That's a ticking clock, a circle that's going to get closer and closer to you. He, I, he, was take, he was throwing into savage pressure last year, wasn't he? And he's not doing it now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so is this a question of the line and the scheme that's affected him and, and re- I think forced so. him to regress? And the other thing, he is not, and I'm not sure he ever has thrown with anticipation of windows opening. He 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 has to see it before he he does it, and that's another thing that I think needs to be worked in the off season. So, out of the three things that he's regressed, I think you work on pocket movement. I think that's the only thing you can fix mid season. 
yeah, agree to a large extent with that, Gav. The best thing he did in preseason for me was throwing the ball as he was hit. He was sensing that pressure and know it was coming, and he was throwing it deep over the middle or medium over the middle in spite of that. So I think that was really good. Anticipation is a really key element, and I remember listening back to to the QB pod that we did, Gav, and I wanted to understand how you picked Purdy out of the lot. Um, and you were telling telling the listeners it was about anticipation and it was about having that vision and how you kind of apply that to the situation. So if you're now telling me that you don't think Kenny has that, I'm worried. I don't think he ever had it. Um, like, like not off the charts. That, that that's what it was for me with with Brock was the the off the charts anticipation. Like seeing a guy is open before he even knows he's going to become open is Brock Purdy's key skill. He's got a lot of other deficiencies, but I think that that elite skill pushes him over the edge and makes him into a possible franchise QB. I don't think you you don't need to have that level of anticipation to be a good quarterback, but you need to have some anticipation. You can't hold the ball basically. You can't wait for people to uh, become open. They're not. They're never going to be open. So that's the issue. Okay, mm-hmm. let's start with um, let's go back to uh, the news because we're still kind of in it. We'll get to, we'll get to the full game uh, in a minute. Although we'll probably do it a little bit differently because we spent so long. <laughs> Just joking. Talk- <laughs> um, we spent so long talking about. Uh, Matt Canada and all this, we've kind of gone into to bits of the game and we'll we'll go through it, we'll do our usual bits. But I just wanted to mention some of the roster moves that got made because there's been all sorts going on. Mm. It felt relevant. Um, Trenton Thompson played in the game. Obviously, we signed him uh, up with uh, Keanu Neal going down. He's taken his spot. Miles Jack uh, has been signed to the practice squad, familiar name there, um, along with safety Eric Rowe. Don't know anything about mm. him. And you know anything about him? Yes, second round pick. Oh, really? Games, 50, yeah, uh, he played for the Patriots. Why do I not know I'm, that name? When was this? I, rem- I, it was, I thought he was a first round pick. I remember him being a highly touted safety prospect and cornerback. His name is just lost to my mind. I'm sure, I'm sure Michael tell us where he was on the big board. Yeah, 100 games, 50, 56 starts. I mean, this was a guy that uh, everyone was excited about in the draft process. Been a bit up and down, but yeah, this is... Um, a good find on the free agency wire. Uh, mm-hmm. Khan doing his best work again. Hmm. What what's led him to just being on practice? Is he how old is he? Thirty. Older guy. Be. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, he's on the practice squad because Elijah Riley went to the reserve injured list after this game. Um, we also released Tyler Murray off the practice squad. Signed defensive back Henry Black. Any insight there? No insight. No insight on Henry Black. Okay. I have an insight um, on Tyler Murray. Okay. You do. So he was signed from Amazon for six days, and then we mm-hmm. released him. So I tweeted from Amazon. From Amazon, yeah, the Amazon warehouse. For Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I tweeted, "So Amazon's return policy is good then." Hashtag Prime, and he liked <laughs> that tweet. What oh, a guy! Oh. <laughs> tough, tough look. Poor, poor Tyler Murray getting getting waxed by cats on. Get him on the show. Yeah. Get him on. The and then show. liking it. That's self depreciation, um, and we like it. Then, in what what was the most fun move uh, of the week? I hope you're ready for this. <laughs> yes. I want to be the very best like no one ever was. Single um. It's a train that is my cards. <laughs> Across the land. I mean, I mean, you completely stole my joke, but okay. Sorry, buddy. That was the joke I was going to make, but 
Oh. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> um, we, I'm, I'm lost. Don't Gab is lost, unsurprisingly. I was going to say that um, our new signing, Blake Martinez, was just going to try and be the very best like no one ever was. But you, yeah, you stole my joke. Ah, this <laughs> is a musical reference to some band I don't understand. No, 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 not no, no Gav no, could guess no. all day and he wouldn't have a clue, would he? Wait, Gav, do you actually not know what that song was? No idea. <laughs> I wish I played it all, though. I really wish I played it all. <laughs> it sounds good, though. It sounds like a power 80s ballad, isn't it? Right? It's an amazing tune. Um, that, Gav, is the Pokemon theme tune. Oh, is it? Uh, okay. <laughs> he's less excited now. Less um, excited. Do you know why we're playing the Pokemon theme tune, Gav? Uh, this is this is a Pokemon related guy. I know that. <laughs> Pokemon related. He's one of these guy. other guys. We've had we've had a Pokemon related guy on the the team before. Uh, what really? was his name? Yes. Who what was, was that guy's Pokemon name? Guy. Rich hated him. He was like a was he a safety or a linebacker? Naked Squirrel. <laughs> no, he had blonde hair, <laughs> lots of tats. Come on, someone help I mean, me out blonde here. Blonde hair, right. lots of tats. You've uh, got Cassius Marsh. Yes, Cassius Marsh. Oh, he, was he, he was a Pokemon guy. Yeah, yeah, oh. a big Pokemon guy. So we, we've been down this route before. So I'm not big I'm not Pokemon hopeful. energy uh, from the yeah. okay. Fair enough. Well, uh, I've got I've got some insight on this because I thought this would be fun to go over. I think it's important we like Ketz does with the draft picks mm. deep dive on on some of these guys that we sign. So we have signed 29 year old Blake Martinez off the Panthers practice squad. Um, this is uh, a guy who signed a three year 30 million deal as a linebacker with the Giants after his rookie contract with the Raiders um, didn't work out due to two ACL injuries. So he left to sell Pokemon cards and set up quite a successful venture. You've probably, you know, seen some some news headlines about it over the last couple of years. Uh, he accrued 115 million in revenue in his first year. Sorry, yeah, How 115. Much? <laughs> um, oh, 11.5. Damn, I, I mean, that. still, Sorry, I don't care. 11, give me 1.5. That is, 1. Like, 1. That is 10% of what I just made everyone think. Uh, who cares? You're talking millions of uh, what he's making that so, much. Yeah, what? 11.5 million in revenue in his first year selling Pokemon cards and and kind of he basically had a he had a card store online called Blake's Breaks. Um, and let me read you some things from the re- the recent New York Times article because there's a reason that he's uh, actually come back with his tail between his legs to football, Gav. Um, after a comprehensive investigation into Blake Breaks' operations, uh, we have decided to permanently remove the seller from our platform, said uh, Whatnot, which is, a, which is a very popular card trading marketplace. We've refunded all buyers impacted by his infractions. If you believe you were affected by an incident or on his streams, please submit the details. Um, what Having a- no understanding for Pokemon, <laughs> I am both happy for his loss and distressed for I'm him at the confused. same time. Uh, yeah. Well, I, what I like about this is, this is a guy who's left the NFL. Then, then everyone wrote all these think pieces. Like, you know, it's all fun. It's like, oh, look, an NFL player has left the sport to go sell cards. How novel! Uh, a year later, he's back because he was <laughs> scamming people. <laughs> oh, he's that guy. I do remember a vague retirement due to some guys making money out of something that isn't crypto. That's him. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. It, wait, wait, it went so far that Pokemon YouTuber Rattle Pokemon released an eight-part series titled Even Former NFL Players Will Scam You on Whatnot. So wow. he's attracted the ire of the trading card community. What is a Pokemon card? Uh, well, it's a trading card that you can play a game with. Much- Just like a normal yeah. card, like yeah, a baseball yeah, card or yeah. whatever? Yeah, yeah, sort of. yeah. Exactly, Please. yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. I know. I know. There's five year old kids but out there. There's games. Just like you can, you play a game with it. Like the game of Pokemon is a tabletop card game, like Magic the Gathering. I thought Pokemon was a cartoon. It's, well, it is a cartoon. Yeah. It's, it's a cartoon, 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 cartoon video game. Trade it's like a video game. The whole became an anime. And and that okay. song that we played, Gav, was the theme tune of the anime. 
Okay. Are you, uh, why, are these cards, why are these cards so valuable and how can they be scanned? Uh, so from from a very limited understanding of what he was doing, he was basically... So what happens on this WhatNot platform is that people watch uh, live streams of other people and they sell products on the live stream. So this guy basically would open packs of Pokemon cards live on the, on the stream and people would bid for the packs before he opened them and then he would open them and then they would get whatever's in the packs and then they ship them out, right? So what he was doing, from what I understand, is that he would have like a pack at the side that like didn't have some high valuable cards and he would like sleight of hand slip those in on the stream rather than hmm. you know what i mean so ah, there was so like if, if no one was bidding high he would he would uh slide in the the, the junk deck i believe so yeah something like that there yeah, was there was a screenshot kind of trying to explain it and what he was doing and he was like sleight of hand sliding in cat the packs i don't know i don't know the details but he, he was apparently scamming people so I, I appreciate it for him um and what he was not at, at scamming people was Please tell me that the guys who investigated him <laughs> right at the end said, gotta catch them all. <laughs> I'm so upset I didn't play the full song. Maybe we can go out with the Pokemon theme. We can all sing it. <laughs> all right. Copyright oh, infringement. Our, our, say our. There's copyright our, infringements all over this. Yeah, we'll Every that. single episode has been flagged for copyright. Our lawyers are busy. About that, and by, okay. busy, by busy, I mean doing nothing. And by lawyers, I mean me. And and they and also yes. none. <laughs> Can we get so so far with the Patreon funds we have? No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> two things. One, uh, Martinez must have a lot of Charizard shinies. Um, Gav, go and look that up so you understand that reference. And two, please can our audience send any Steelers-related Pokemon um, jokes, suggestions, Memes. or just names of players with vague Pokemon references like yep. and we'll send some UKSP match oh. to the winner just because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... wow right. <laughs> okay uh, gets with <laughs> your, your butt can't catch gets just like announcing competitions yeah. on the fly I like it alright it's the okay. competition master yeah. alright nice you got that handle right, that, that stands that seems a bit far-fetched to me, but anyway. Um, oh, nice, well done. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Well, it will happen, but you'll have to watch our stream on whatnot <laughs> to claim your prize. <laughs> and Simon is very good at slight hand, just saying. <laughs> now, Gav, I, I really want to ask you the last thing on this, because i probably spend more time on this. Ending, I'm totally confused and lost. Probably spend more time on this than Matt Kinder. Can you name a single Pokemon? Uh, it's Pikachu 1. Oh! Yes. Yes. The fact that you, the fact you answered it with a question... <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only one, the only Pikachu. Uh, yeah, that's it. Wow, I feel like you've missed it's, out on like a big piece of the yeah, cultural Gav, Gav, old, man. And I'm like, maybe I guess, yeah. I guess. But Pokemon, man, I mean, that's that was that, that's, way that's, after my time. That's my childhood. That's that's my childhood. I mean, I'm I'm pre Power Rangers, so forget it. <laughs> Pokemon's my childhood. You know, I'm only I'm a few years older than you, Sai, but you know, that was my you know, nineties, yeah. late nineties. Yeah, that yeah. that was my jam. Yeah, was yeah. Gav just not alive in the nineties, or I, was he doing? Some, what were you doing in the nineties? Legal. Oh God, uh, rocking from left and le- left to right in a warehouse, listening to Redacted. jungle music. <laughs> I uh, I got Pokemon banned from my school. Um, <laughs> his, uh... you, sh- you shouldn't be drawing those images of Jinx in the first place. <laughs> no, I uh, a lad stole uh, my Machamp card and I punched him in the face. So uh... nice. Retribution. That is what the champ would have done as a fighting Pokemon, Max. So exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. Respect. I didn't punch him with four arms, but yeah. <laughs> do you know what we need to do? We need to, we need to do the old QB quiz, but just on naming Pokemon and just go back and forth. 
It's a quiz Gav can't win. Yes, yeah. it. <laughs> I can't even play. I can't even quantify. Gav can host it and he just has to like list off the names of the, the Pokemon uh, off a sheet and see if he can pronounce uh, that would them. That would be fun. Oh, oh, no, do you know what we need to do? We need to show Gav pictures of the Pokemon and he tells them what he thinks they're called. We've nailed it, right? That's that's yes. the off-season. Ask, okay. ask, him, ask him the major inappropriateness of Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan. <laughs> <laughs> Did we uh, did we play a game last week? I can't remember. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the UK Pokemon okay. podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it, right? I mean, he's transitioned back to football. We're transitioning mm. into Pokemon to fill that gap that he's left. <laughs> All right, we, there was a game played. You're right. Let's go through this real quick because I don't think we need to spend as long on it. So much has changed, but we will review the defense for sure. We've spoke about Kenny, I think, uh, enough. Uh, the score ends um, thirteen Browns, Jalen Warren ten. <laughs> Um, what what looked to be a sure field goal as well? Like what? <laughs> what looked to be a surefire springboard to an unlikely seven and three when Dorian Thompson Robinson was named starter midweek turned out to be anything but. Thanks in large part to our own quarterback, as we've discussed. Um, he wasn't outplayed by him though, was he? I don't think. No, I don't think Dor- Dorian Thompson Robinson was in any way the reason the Browns run uh, won at all. No, but um, I thought he played well enough. Um, Probably not to win this game, to be honest, but but with the defense, I think he, he kind of heated up in the second quarter and third quarter. But he, he actually he wasn't really helped by a lot of receivers. His receivers dropping the ball, but I don't think he played that well. No, I, I would agree. I think I think they'll struggle um, on offense, but that defense mm. is so good. I mean, it can it can straight up win games, and I think you've got to give a, a lot of credit, which I think we already have done to the Browns' defense in 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 what they did here, because I think they totally confused Kenny in this game, and that that is what made him, I think, look so putrid not not that he's looked great any other game but i think the reason that i mean he's thrown for 104 yards in this game 3.8 yards per completion it, it was horrible and i think a lot of that was just complete confusion i mean it looked like kenny did not know what was going on out there coverage wise well they said themselves they were expecting man they got they got did zone. get more zone yeah. than they were expecting and um i mean it was the, the screens just highlighted that just mind-boggling you know receivers streaking downfield hoping their defenders go with them and they didn't go with them. So you just got, you know, there were a couple of times you just get a guy catching the ball and being swamped by four players, which is probably the main play that I will remember Matt Canada for. <laughs> but, uh, we saw it twice, I think, in this game. The four-player swamp play. Yeah. Um, with Zach Wilson gone, uh, Kenny Pickett is now the me- next favourite QB to be benched. Uh, I don't really see any point in benching Kenny Pickett, no matter yeah. how bad he got, really. I mean, unless, I don't know, unless you're like... Two games away from the end of the season, the playoffs were like on the verge. But even then, I mean, what, what are we really doing? Are we expected to go anywhere with Mitch? Even, even more this, than Mac Jones, that that seems a bit. Mac odd. Jones maybe has already been benched, or is uh, it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of, weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, we spoke a lot about Kenny already. Anything else anyone wants to get off the chest about Kenny that we haven't already spoke about? Oh, do you want to just roll on? Yeah, let's fire, man. There's no hands. All right, let's go. Let's talk about Jalen Warren. Let's do it. Yeah. Jalen Warren, apparently, the first thing about Jalen Warren before we get into his play, apparently never takes his helmet off. Did you know this? No. I vaguely remember it, but I don't... It, it's really highlighted. I didn't realise that he even kept it on for team photos. Yes. Anytime he goes onto the field, he has it. Not you know anywhere yeah. near the field. To the extent that he doesn't... Yeah, exactly. He doesn't even remove it if he steps on a football field. That That's crazy. I kind of love that. That's the, like... You Mandalorian. Know. Yeah. This is the way. <laughs> yeah, it literally is the Mandalorian. I love that. Um, Warren explodes for a 70-plus yard touchdown uh, to open the second half, which is the longest touchdown run the Steelers have had in the last nine years. Um, I want to play a game with you. It's called the Who's a Better Running Back in the NFL than Jalen Warren game. 
I want, okay. I want you guys just, just, just freely, uh, you know, uh, uh, as you wish to do, as, as they come to you, into your head. Say an NFL running back uh, that you think might be better than Jalen Warren, uh, and, and I'll tell you why they aren't. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Yesterday's news mid. Devin A. Chain. Devin A. Chain always injured. Chain. Right, is it has <laughs> run CMC? Jalen Warren makes him look slow. Kenny Walker. Don't know who that is. <laughs> I do know who that is, by the way. I'm just... yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Zach Charbonnet's uh, backup. Ooh, that's not true. It will be soon. He's injured. Okay. Zach Charbonnet's about to take over that job. Anyone else? <laughs> Alvin Kamara. Old and this this is the new Alvin Kamara. Jalen Warren runs like Alvin they're, Kamara. They're incorrect. <laughs> You've been right up till now, but yeah. Why? What am I wrong about now? It's, he's he's not finished. Oh, no, I like Alvin Kamara as well. I, I'm, of course, joking. But Jalen Warren, for real, looks like one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. I mean, seriously, like the, the guy's vision, his burst, his explosion, his balance, his lateral agility. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I truly have never seen a rise like this where we've almost kind of had to temper ourselves. Like, you know, this is an undrafted guy. Like, we really love what we see, but let's not get carried away to the point where I am fully carried away. Like, someone has picked me up and carried me a long distance. <laughs> he looked like Chan Lee out there, spinning stiff arms. Insane. Unreal. Nuts. He stiff-armed a man and then ran down that same man straight after. <laughs> it was absolutely beautiful. That was my favourite run of the whole game. No, that never mind the touchdown. It was just absolutely superb. And yeah, it won him Angry won. Runs. So. Yeah, Angry Runs award, yeah. When you get in the zone, that is where he is. Like, he's, Could you say he's in Dazone? Dazone. He is in Dazone. Is that horrible like, heartbeat? What? <laughs> when he, yeah, when he when he wants to hit a stiff arm, it slams a guy down. When he wants to do a spin move, it's the perfect timing to do a spin move. Everything he's doing right now is perfect. <laughs> uh, he finishes with nine for 129 yards. That's 14.3 yards per carry. Uh, and a touchdown. Obviously, a lot of that's the seventy-yard run. But when was the last time we saw like anything close to fourteen yards per carry uh, from a running back on this team? Three receptions for sixty yards, including a big third and thirty, where he got a fourteen-yard gain on that screen, leading, leading to a score on that drive. I mean, the best running back performance we've seen since Le'Veon Bell, easily uh, longest run since Fast Willie Parker, longest touchdown run yeah. since wow. Fast Willie Parker. Lev Bell, Lev Bell had an eighty-yarder. Oh, is it? Oh. Oh, okay, good, good pull, there. good pull. Yeah, nice one, Mike. Save. Uh, love Miles Boykin keeping up with him as well on that long run and making sure he doesn't get caught from behind. Because there was a moment where I was like, Jalen Warren's great, but does he have the long speed? And then mm. there was Boykin to make sure. I think he does make it anyway, but um, good effort by Boykin on that play as well. I don't even know what else to say about Jalen Warren. He's the reason that I'm still interested in this team. He's <laughs> he joy. Was the offense. He's there was no offense apart from him. Yeah, I mean, he's just a joy. The rest of the offense, right? Yeah, just an absolute joy to watch. Joy to like, watch. Just watching him run, like his running style, is just absolutely beautiful to watch. It's 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 a thing of it is just a thing of beauty. He is a proper, I, I, he is a bowling ball. You would say, yeah. he is he's yeah, definitely that, in that that's exactly it. You put yeah. it on head. It's his his ability. His, the wiggle he's got, the mm. vision he's got, the cuts he's got, but then. It's rare to have that ability with the fact the that he, he loves contact. Yes. And he puts his head down and just drives through it and stiff arming dudes and like wrecking ball. He's like that wrecking ball. You release the ball and it just slings into the, and all the bricks are going flying. He's got both. So how this guy went undrafted, oh, I didn't want it's, it's that graph that I showed you the other day as well. Um, yeah, just the other day, the missed tackles forced per touch along with the yards from scrimmage per touch. And Jalen Warren is the, 
right at the top right and there's nobody anywhere near him on it. It's it's absolutely incredible how shifty he is. He has got potential to be a very spe- in a very special category. I mean, you, you think of pass catching third down backs and who's the best ever, and I kind of think I kind of think of Darren Sproles in in the sort of his heyday, you know, Chargers and Saints. I think he could be better than Sproles because he's got that that physical mm-hmm. element, which is rare for a guy. You know, he runs through the tackles like MJD, but then he, when he's in space, he's like Darren Sproles. He's a, he's a rare man. What do you make of the comparisons to Eckler they were making on the broadcast? I don't love that. I don't know. That doesn't feel. That, yeah, I get it with the undraftedness and yeah. the fact that he catches passes, but it feels like a little bit of a lazy comparison. I, w- I would say um, one of the big concerns I think we had with Warren when he first came into the team, and you sort of saw it a couple of times, was ball security um, being a bit of an issue. Um, he's really worked on that. I, I, we're talking about the fact that I think they're doing some weird things in uh, in training with uh, with regards to ball security, different things him and Faulkner have been doing. Um, but it, it, whatever they're doing, it seems to be paying off because he's, he's really key. He's, that ball security is just, is there now. And, you know, if that was his main issue, now that that's gone, th- this dude has the potential to reach the sky and beyond. Like, it, it's, it's absolutely awesome to see. There's only two players in the NFL that have over 50 uh, missed tackles forced this season. Uh, one is Travis Etienne, who has 53 on 206 touches. Jalen Warren has 51 on 114. Oh, so he makes someone miss on almost every other touch of the ball. <laughs> He's nuts, man. He's oh. probably nuts. And they've lucked into this situation. And I think this they would have scored zero and points in this game. We only gave it. him nine rushes. Yeah, yeah, that was part of it, I think. Uh, and you, you especially felt that uh, in on the final sort of two drives of the game, right? Because he'd really taken over by that point in, in, in the start of the second half after that 70-yard run. And then you saw that drive after where he just dominated it. And then we just completely moved away from him. And, and I think part of that was a little bit of Canada maybe getting in his own head, a little bit of like, we, well, we don't want to just like make it super obvious that Jalen Warren's the only thing we have on offense. We have to do something else. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And maybe that's true, but unfortunately, we we didn't have anything else. <laughs> no, there was nothing there. <laughs> so maybe Warren would have just been the best option because uh, he seems. I mean, to had some. Nice had some nice runs in this game, but the two point nine average. That's cr- yeah. Great. That's the crazy thing about Najee's performance because I was with you, right? In my in my mind's eye, I was picturing that, that his game sort of wasn't wasn't that bad. It wasn't you know. It felt yeah. He had some he had nice runs. People, right? But, yeah. But, but, run. but if you look at it, I mean, he had a long of seventeen, right? But he only went twelve for thirty-five, so eleven of his carries accounted for eighteen yards. Yeah. Now a part, a lot of that, as you say, is these stat boxes that he's coming up against. Now, will Warren start to face more of those? I don't know. We'll see. But to me, teams just do not respect Najee Harris as. in on rundowns and Warren's in on passing downs uh, to to a degree. Not when and, Warren and was like, in for the full drive, though. I, mean, I, no, I know. Me, that's and, becoming and, the lazy excuse. I, I think Warren's yeah, just got and, it and Najee doesn't. But, but also, you, you nailed it earlier. You know, when Najee's on the field, they know it's a run game, whereas whereas uh, Warren is in there for passing down. So, you know, you can't, it doesn't telegraph it quite as much when Warren's in. I think Najee's got great traits. I think he's perfectly fine. I just don't think he's got the juice that Warren has. Warren is a special player right now. Uh, Najee's a jagged running back. Mm. Until we t- until I see something that tells me that he isn't, he has special his, runs. His production has been jaggish. He has, I'll give you that. He has I'll special runs. He has he has special power at times. He can he can definitely make a great angry run, 
but he is not a consistent chain mover right now. I think let's wait and see what happens with this new OC and before judgment sure. is cast on Najee. Yeah. I don't, I don't, don't want to run Najee out. Yeah, I don't want to run Najee out of town right now, but I don't think I don't think anyone's clamoring that Najee stick around next season uh, within the building. I mean, necessarily, you know, I don't know. To me, that would be a person thing more than a player thing. If we were wanting to keep Najee around after the rookie contract. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you, would you franchise him at the moment? No, that's going to be what? 10 mil. No, No, that's a lot of scratch. I don't know if you would. It doesn't make any sense. And that seemed like the plan, right? Going into this, but it's, yeah. But what I don't very important, very important couple of games for Najee coming up. He does have uh, being a bit of a leader behind him though. Um, He's definitely, I know he's not a captain anymore, but he still has those leadership qualities that could be somewhat invaluable behind the scenes that we're not seeing. So, like shitting on the team publicly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. the kind of leadership we're talking about? <laughs> Self-serving uh, comments. I, I don't he know. He was why. frustrated. He was frustrated. I'm uh, frustrated. I'm frustrated by Naji talking shit after the game. That's the kind of thing I expect out of George Pickens. Not Naji Harris. Well, I defended Pickens as well after all that. So <laughs> you know. It's it, it 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 it's a whole new era here now. So the animals can't run the farm, Mike. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Mike Tomlin needs to put his foot down. Um, listen, let's just appreciate what we've got in Warren. Um, I'm loving watching it. As Dave said, it's players like Jalen Warren that made him fall in love with football. It's, and I think it, that's, is that, that what they said about? I'm, I'm, yeah. I Dave said yeah. I've got it here because I, I was going to bring this up, but I've not had a suitable point to do so. When I f- this, so this is Dave. Um, when I first got into the NFL, I loved MJD. Jalen Warren gives me those same feels. A small, thick, powerful RB who runs angry every play. A player who the Steelers should build around. Um, no, I was after I was after a uh, a different quote from Dave, which is, "This is the best I felt with my pants on." <laughs> That was about the Matt Canada firing. The two sides of Dave. I'm I'm getting it wrong, but Dave, I wanted to drop that in because that is a goldmine of a cult. It was, yes. All right, the running back situation is fluid. Um, We'll see how the snap counts progress through the rest of the season. Uh, I don't know there's a great deal to talk about with the the wide receivers or or anyone that catches the ball on this team. They were there. Pickens has... I I do think there was one development... Uh, Aaron Robinson, mm. three or four, 20 yards, great catch to get the offense out of the end zone when, when they're in trouble. Yep. Uh, the, the run blocking on a pull and seal to spring Najee for five yards, uh, good hands and timing on the fourth quarter, third yard connection. This was the best Robinson game from a, a receiver point of view. I want to see more of him going forward. I think he should be more involved. Yeah, can't argue with that. I don't think he's done. I think I think there's a lot of guys. <laughs> I was going to say. I think everyone everyone needs to be uh, <laughs> needs to be a bit involved. I was looking through some uh, some stats. Only only one. Uh, Calvin Austin's long touchdown pass, the 72, 73 yarder, uh, counts for forty just shy forty four percent of his overall receiving yards this season. Yeah, mm. everyone else needs to get involved. Yeah. 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 I can't decide what's going on with him. Is he a victim of this passing offense, just not attempting anything down the field anymore? Or just, or just in space. And then Kenny's accuracy being awful when they do. Yeah, I I'm not sure. I don't think we we're in the right system to get anything out of Calvin Austin. I would love to see him <laughs> opened up a little bit more, as you say. 
but that's the same. I mean, it's the same thing for for all these guys, right? I mean, Pickens four receptions for thirty eight yards. Um, he's obviously frustrated. I mean, he's another one whose body language tells it. Great work to stop uh, and adjust jumping backwards to catch a ball that Pickett threw way behind yeah. him. I thought that was, mm, that was that a great catch. catch yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. The accuracy of Pickett in this game: eight targets to DJ, two catches. Yeah. Oh, to, to DJ it was all. I mean, how bad was the communication between those two? Hmm. Again, I mean, we, we we were going on about this all last year, and then two games ago we have a, a big game where DJ goes off after coming back from injury, and then now it just feels like two games are in the row again where he's just not on the same page at all. I mean, how many times did you see a ball sort of thrown to him? And it, it maybe grazes his fingertips, but he's at full stretch, or it's just, or he's stopped and Kenny's thrown it like it's it's a go route yeah. or the other way Timing's around. Off. And he was, I think I said it earlier, he was wide that's open slant. for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Again, that's two yeah. weeks in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and also the deep crosser. I mean, there were, there were multiple times. Multiple times DJ was open and just not getting the ball. Uh, I'm a little bit frustrated that we didn't see more of Muth involved in his first game back. I don't know how healthy he is, but, you know, he's back on the field. Uh, the one catch that he did make was pretty disappointing because he just ran straight into the back of... Uh, Hmm. One of his blockers is there. Was like I've got the picture of it in front of me here. Actually, there's literally open. He's got he's got a blocker to the right that he could follow, or he's got open field to the left and a blocker directly in front of him, and he chose to rumble straight into the back of <laughs> the only guy in front of him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know what that is. I give I give him a pass on his one catch that he's he's caught in the last six weeks. But I mean, let's get him going a little bit. I mean, it's starting to become a disappointing season from his perspective as well, right? I mean, well, he's between, been injured for most. No, of no, it, no I know, but but what I'm saying is he's had the injury. He's not really been involved in the passing game when he has been on the field, and this is a contract. Yeah, look, at, look at Cam's game last week. I'm not dishing. I'm not dishing on him. I'm just saying from his perspective. I mean, this has got to be frustrating for him as well. You know, a guy who, who probably expected to be a large part of the passing offense. Well, let's hope. Let's I, hope we uh, see some. Let, let's be honest. He's a waste. He's a waste of time if he's not involved in the passing offense because he can't block. Right. So you know, I, again, I'm not trying to. I'm not. I love Muth. I'm not. This is not me getting on Muth. It's just that. What is the point of having these guys on the field if we can't use them, don't use them, and uh, they're ineffective when we do use them? Well, he wasn't. I don't think it's on Muth really. He wasn't really drawn up in any of the, I know, the I know. plays. So I, again, I'm not not getting on Muth. This is not this is not a comment on Muth really. This is just more that it's it's got to be frustrating for him. Um, being sort of it feels like his time is dwindling away to to secure the bag a little bit. I don't know. Does he still get a big deal after this year if if nothing changes? I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, it's an awkward situation. Yeah. If he does, it's got to be based on his historic production because this year's just yeah. been a write-off for him. And, and especially, as you say, the fact it's been a contract year and he's barely been targeted, if at all. Um, I was just trying to look up quickly how many targets he's had. He's had 14 targets all season for nine receptions for 60 yards, which he must just be sat there just devastated. You've got to get this guy involved in the offense. I think if we look to preseason. You know, some of the the catches move made were were really good, and he's definitely a really integral part of this offense that Pittsburgh should be using more of. Well, the whole offense should be integral part of the offense. <laughs> oh yeah, true. <laughs> uh, Washington um, had a, at least at least on the standout plays, maybe on a down to down basis, he, he he did a little bit better. But he had a few plays that were a little bit whiffy on mm-hmm. on uh, blocking in the run but... game, yeah. But the, but the green shoots of what we talked about last week, Sire, about him making a catch and stiff-arming a guy and rumbling downfield, getting yeah, a little a yak, got eight yards. Yeah. One one play of it. But we saw it. It's there. On third down. I didn't pick up the first. Right. But other than that. No, it was there. <laughs> it existed. Uh, 
Yeah, so you, it's hard, isn't it? Because all this often you just feel like you want to see more out of everyone because <laughs> it feels like the talent, um, but but it's just, you know, no, no way of utilising it right now. We need to see that change in the next seven games. Eight snaps for uh, Connor Hayward, not not really involved in, in this game in the passing sense. Um, O-line. Now, it, kind of two sides to this. On, on one side is, is Dan Moore, who was totally dominated by Miles Garrett. Um Tough assignment. The yeah, people first said player of the game. <laughs> it's been kind of said that he's he's had good games against Garrett uh, in the past. Not this one, definitely not this yeah. one. Yeah, uh, set the tone straight away, like, like you say, with what should have been a safety. I think there and 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 just dominated after that. Can, I don't really understand why that wasn't called a safety. I have <laughs> no idea. Why, because because Kenny was it because Kenny gave himself up. He's going backwards, so therefore it's like it's the same. This is how I reasoned it. It's the same as there's forward a bit, progress there's a bit of that, with, yeah. with yes, a running yeah. back. Is that is that what it was? Because otherwise, I do not see why that wasn't the same. Was, was somebody saying down? Was somebody saying like the ball the ball hadn't crossed the plane or it like, definitely? Crossed I thought the plane. I thought it had, but I thought somebody was arguing that it hadn't. His foot was definitely over the plane. It, yeah, it, it baffled me why that wasn't a. On the same. He contacted with the ground in in the end zone, right? And yeah. when he was contacted, the ball was over the white line. I I I I I don't understand it. That that's a nuanced rule that in thirty five years of watching NFL, I I don't understand. It must be the same as forward progress. So he got the ball out of the end zone. Therefore, his furthest that he got to was like the half yard line or something like that. that but that, that's but, nonsense because he starts in front of the end zone. Yeah, I just I, I I think it's just really hard to get a safety because the officials just give the benefit of the doubt to the guy with the ball, and so if you get hit into the end zone, they kind of by default say like, oh well, okay, the, the forward progress was stopped just before. Do you know what I mean? Even though yeah, I think that was a safety, the only the only thing I can think of aside from that was that a whistle was blown that that called the play dead before he went down. Like they're like, oh, there's contact coming, he's dead. What else is there? Re- refs are just a bit trigger happy. I think generally they just need to allow things to play out for like one more second on average. Just just, just let everything happen for one more second so the, the play can come to a completion before you blow it dead. I mean, it's embarrassing for me in my living room because I was like, oh, that's the safety. And then it wasn't. And then Lisa and LJ look at me going, do you really know what you're talking about? <laughs> no, I don't. You're sat there with your hands above your head. I've got no idea. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh, it's a safety. Own goal. Palms touching. They're like, what the hell are you doing? The ball's in the back of the net. Why is it not an own goal? And I, I can't answer you. I think it may have inadvertently helped the Browns, though, because they got a make-up call later when they got given a phantom touchdown that never crossed the line. True. So <laughs> it worked out for them. Uh, was that was third down, right? They gave that, so they would have had a fourth and one, which I think they would have gone for. Um, but, you know, we were stopping them on third and one, so what's to say we wouldn't have stopped them on fourth and one? Who knows? Right. On the other the, side... The internet oh, is suggesting that the officiating crew didn't see it, and that's the reason it wasn't given. <laughs> well, that's a good... It's a, who's that uh, report, the sideline report that making up, up, yeah. making up uh, sideline reports? Well, the, the refs are making up calls here, clearly. They've checked the script, and it wasn't in there for a safety. It was in there yeah. for carry on a little bit and let them get a touchdown. <laughs> uh, on the other side, I thought... Great, great run blocking game. Obviously, especially with Warren on the field, um, it felt like we were getting a little bit more movement out there. I don't know if that's going to change with the, the run, the run game Roderick offensive Jones. coordinator coming more into. My <laughs> God, he's good. He is. I was going to yeah. give Mason Cole some props, but you go ahead. Well, <laughs> Mason Cole did have a good game, actually. Yeah, he did. But um, I think, I think Jones, the introduction of Jones yeah, has galvanized so. this line. They're all suddenly blocking. What a difference he's made, and and, and it just. I mean, 
right? You know, touch touch wood, throw some salt over your shoulder. If this guy is 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 on this offense for the next decade, this is going to elevate everything about this team. He 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 is he is as expected what you would want from a first round draft pick tackle. I think what we've seen so far, he's just changed the whole game. And coming out, he, some of the commentary around him was that he was very raw. Well, if this is him raw, how good is he going to be in two years' time? Right. Cooked. <laughs> I, I, I definitely bop along when excited. those tunes are banging, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not some... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to guess who the highest rated player on offense is on PFF this week? On offense? I mean, oh, do we have to? Yeah. I mean, is, is there anyone uh, other than Jalen Warren? It's got to be. It's Jalen Warren. PFF, yeah, no of course. Uh, J- Jalen Warren, what is he, a 93 in this game? Wow. The, That's full blue. Yeah. The next closest are James Daniels, Najee Weirdly, and uh, Mason Cole, who are it's, sitting it's, in the It's not great when your running back's PFF grade is almost as high as your quarterback's passing yards. <laughs> I love that he's like 30 points ahead of anyone else on the team as well. It's great. Wow. Uh, who's the lowest rated player on the team? Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Can you pick or DJ Muth? Muth? Uh, it's Dan. Of course, yeah. Duh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> makes Dan sense. 30, 36. Darnell Washington, the only other person close. It's a generous thirty-six. One. Three point six. The amount of pressures allowed. <laughs> Uh, on the other hand, the defense, very different looking graph. I always like seeing the plot of the graphs because the, the offensive one, sort of everyone's stacked towards the bottom and the defensive one this week, everyone's all the way stacked towards the top. Barely anyone below mm-hmm. 55. So who's the highest rated player on defense this week? I'm going to say the trigger man. Yeah. And Landon Roberts. The trigger man, Landon <laughs> Roberts. Uh, yeah, Roberts was up there. I mean, Highsmith had some big times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably angle for Highsmith. Mm-hmm. We got a Highsmith. We got a Rob. They do love a Highsmith. Any PFF as well. Any other any other advances? I'm gonna go Keanu just in case. Keanu. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it was Keanu's best game. Yeah, but it's where the PFF think it is, well, which yeah. is an entirely oh, right. different yeah, had... concept. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. The uh, top rated playing the game. Top rated player in this game, unless anyone else wants to guess, Happy. is <laughs> come, come here. Yeah, he had a good game. Yeah, come here. Yeah, yeah more involved this game. I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah. had a nice game. Uh, the lowest rated player on defense, this is funny, because the lowest rated player on defense is 25 points Whoa. lower than the closest, but because everyone's so closely stacked, it's like one name at the very bottom of the graph and then just a giant gap. Uh, 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 just a vast open space. Hmm. Uh, Who would like historically bad? But it's incredibly team? difficult because he played less than 10 snaps. No. Ah, <laughs> louder milk. <laughs> okay. if, if in doubt. Just guessing. Armin Watts? I know Watts played a few. I can't remember. Chandon Sullivan. It's DeMarvin Leal. Oh, yeah. Wow. I watched the whole game on the All-22 and didn't notice. Well, what did he do in his looks to be like about five snaps that that cost him 35 points of of PFF grading? Did not notice. That's that's a rough rough go for him. Uh, In some of the names you mentioned, Loudermilk, Watts, they're some of the highest rated guys, just below an 80. 
Uh, I actually thought Watts did have a nice game. I know I've been a bit of a Watts champion at times, but he was so close to getting. He a was, yeah. He, he, I tell you what, he's sneaky. Been getting some pressure up the middle. I think he's a strong yeah. guy. He, I like it. I like his play. Yeah. Um, I, I sneaky don't mind him over Adams. I'm not gonna lie. Um, the guys up front though this week, uh, Cam. I thought a great effort. Uh, his stop on uh, the screen pass that was that was really building momentum in the second quarter. I thought was nice. Stops him on third down, then the very next play. But he was just a lot more involved this week than he was last week. Five tackles and a tackle for loss. Going to use a rugby term, but he he owns the scrum. Yes, yes, that's yeah, a good way to put it. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you see him on the run though. <laughs> there was one play where I saw him like hurtling towards the sideline. Dude mm. looks like a tank. Like yeah. not not like the not like the chiselled good kind of tank like Highsmith is, but like a tank that I'm just like, oh dear God, no! Like rumbling bear down the field. A grizzly tank that's on fire yeah. and out of control, yeah. but still, still involved. I'm like worried that he's not going to be able to stop sometimes. Like the, the momentum looks like he's just going to keep trudging until he hits the, the stands. I'm like, dear God. Kets, uh, top five tanks. Mm. Uh, classified. <laughs> okay. Is it operational security? I like it. Okay, moving on. Hell, uh, Bigsby. Oh, no. <laughs> overall, the uh, the D line, I thought. Tank Bigsby is not getting on that list. <laughs> <laughs> Held the Browns to 3.3 yards per carry in this one, 96 yards total uh, against a team that we knew would, would run the ball a lot. So a solid effort by them up front. Um, who else jumped out to me? I mentioned Watts. Uh, Benton, you mentioned ben- Benton, Gav. What's your thoughts? Yeah, not not his best game, but still still good. I mean, he's so aware. His vision and awareness is outstanding. Like, he, he just, he's got 360 vision, it seems. Mm. Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, just not, just not as impactful as some other games. Still, still stacking and shedding, recovering from things. Turns one eighty and pursues out to the flat to make a tackle. That was beautiful. Oh, I, I yeah. absolutely love that play. It's what I, it's what I've highlighted. What I highlighted before in the draft process is energy is just mm. off the charts, and it seems to be constant. It seems to be just mm. all throughout the game. It's, it's that's the guy you need on defense for, mm. for real. Those are the guys you need on defense. Yeah. You can't have hangers on. You need guys that bring energy and are just up for it 100% of the time. got to think as well, the Browns' interior um, is decent. You know, Batonio and Taylor. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was a good, it was a good matchup, I thought. It was a good battle. I, I didn't, you know, I don't know that there was a, mm-hmm. an out-and-out out winner. You know, a lot of the times we come out and we say, like, oh, we dominated the line of scrimmage. It wasn't necessarily that, but it was a, it was a great battle, and I thought we came out on top of it uh, more often than we didn't. I just think, uh, when I'm saying about his vision and awareness, it's his... He's not focusing on one thing. He's he he is seeing the game and trying to do his best. He's not worrying about his own job. He's he's trying to win football matches, and I love him for that. And 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 Mark, you were on him before anyone else, and uh, and Sai, you were high on him too. But I, I'm I'm with you now. I'm 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 on the train. There we go, good man. And he had the high. He had the third highest uh, defensive rookie PFF grade of the week. Very I nice. Say. I just say nice. He's, he's definitely was a challenger too. Challenger too. Oh, expensive, hard to maintain, but very efficient and excellent <laughs> accuracy from long range. <laughs> Damn it! I was trying to sneak a tank reference in and see if nobody got it, but never mind. Of course, Gav was going to get it because Gav apparently has a Photoshop memory of tank knowledge. I mean, what was that about? Why do you know what the positives in and fairness, negatives are of different can tanks? Can we question it? No idea. <laughs> Right, well, you said top five tanks. I'll give you, yeah, Challenger 2 is up there. Definitely. All right, it gives you top five tanks. Well, at the moment, at the moment, you've got to go Abrams, you although you've got to go. You're hungry. you got to go. In the Abrams uh, tank, like from 1945? No. It's that a classic like of the genre. 
it's a Cold War, uh, World War Three tank. Oh right, okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, I, I think you've got to go for the T seventy two as being like mass produced ability to like change it. But but we've seen that it cooks off so easy that you can't really rely on it. Do you really want me to carry yeah, on? Yeah, three, three more tanks. Tell, tell me. Okay, um, the, the Leopard <laughs> two is a fantastic tank. The Merkava, the Israeli tank we're seeing right now, uh, unbelievable for uh, urban urban conflict. Fifth tank, hmm, <laughs> tricky one. I don't know. I'll have to come back to you. Oh, what, what's better, T90 or TJ90? T90 is overpriced and uh, the, the red eyes are silly. But uh, the TJ's better. Nice. <laughs> don't <laughs> okay, say you no. don't get Steelers slash tank content that you didn't need, audience. Next week, we'll all do our top five Pokemon. Uh, yes. Shout out to uh, Lario, who got nominated for the Art Rooney Senior Sportsmanship Award. Um, I'd forgotten. What does that mean? I forgot this existed. Yeah, it sounds like you did too. Uh, basically, apparently, this sounds like the opposite of the Walter Payton uh, Award, where like that is for like good. Uh, I don't know what, what like things off the field, right? This is for good sportsmanship, literally on the field. Oh, I thought you meant it was going to be for something bad. I oh yeah, like, this is being like a real arsehole. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is for yeah. This is for going to hospitals and taking the belongings of sick kids. <laughs> <laughs> The Antonio oh, Brown Award for <laughs> that's a uh, that's a Red Dwarf reference without even knowing it. The reverse when when the universe ends, <clears throat> the Big Bang comes to an end, and we start going in reverse. <laughs> Time runs backwards. What a bastard Santa Claus in comes comes in every year and takes all your favorite toys. <laughs> I love Red Dwarf. Um, also, apparently, the Kelseys uh, suggested that Antonio Brown was the Gyarados of the NFL. That, I'm trying to, no? I'm trying to figure that, out how that works, that, but so is that a Pokemon reference? Yeah, it is yep, a Pokemon. Reference. <laughs> okay. But why? So when was his Magikarp um, run? Was that is like his sixth round draft pick status, and then he bloomed into a Gyarados? Is that what we're going with there? What, what's the analogy? Don't know. Go and ask okay. the Kelsies. Right. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to listen to the New Heights podcast to get some deep dives on their Pokemon takes. Okay. Uh, the well, let's talk about the inside linebackers because you mentioned Alandon Roberts. I agree. I mean. I'll let you box lyrical again, but yeah, I thought you had a, a great game. I imagine you're gonna. Oh, he's an absolute menace! Yeah. <laughs> absolute menace! I hope this relationship continues with the Browns because I think, well, maybe it was because of their short game helped him in this scheme. But he was everywhere, like just triggering left, right, downhill, out to the flat. I mean, I, I, Njoku's probably still waking up and seeing him in his sleep when he, you know, in sweats. Broke him up two plays in a row, just snuffing things everywhere. I, I don't even want to list the plays; it was too good. Yeah, I mean, he he he, uh, he had fifteen tackles in this game. I, I never see a number that high when I'm reviewing the stats for the for the game sheet. Pretty wild. The next closest were um, what? What was his uh, PFF? Where was? It? Why was he not top? Let's see. Um, Alandon Roberts, uh, kind of middle of the pack actually, seventy. Mm. I mean, the one play where he took away the pass end of the second quarter, single handedly kept them to a field goal. I mean, it's just play after play after play. He was just... he was just so involved. I mean, I, I love that, you know, a week after uh, we lose Quan and obviously two weeks after Holcomb, you, you're asking a lot for Orlando Roberts, who really at the start of the season we thought was going to be more of this kind of part-time blitzing linebacker, run defender guy, to come in and just really take over this role. And, and, and he did. I mean, he did everything you would ask of him. Um, I mean, to be fair, most of his plays were against the run. Sure. But there, were, there were some nice ones against the pass too. And I just think... He's 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 so much more than I I yes, him That's it. For. That's exactly it. Yeah, and you were hiring him, uh, you know, to me especially, way more than I was expecting out of him. Mm. Um, he looks like the best player for me on, on on the defensive side of the ball in this game. Yeah, he's a real winner. Yeah, he's definitely 
top of the list of the jerseys for me. What do we think about Michael Walker? I mean, what, a what does it say about uh, Mark Robinson? I think he's Walker done it and got the stuff. Yeah, what is it? Really is that feels about? Like with all these different moves going on as well, I think they've completely fallen out of favour with Mark Robinson, and I've no idea why. It seems I, really I'm, totally, I'm totally confused by because because I get okay, fair enough. You don't you're not keen on what Robinson brings, fine. But then why would why did he make the fifty three? Why has he been on the fifty three this whole time? What's going on? What was he doing? And apparently, the dude's been working flat out for his past recognitions. Really? Mm. He's been he's been working all off season on on how to drop, how to zone play, what, you know, reading QBs. <laughs> little, little, little two out of my <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> The chair. Uh, but I thought I thought Walker was solid, man. Gets to run, played with authority. Looked like he had enough pace to get out to the sidelines, shooting gaps well, playing with good vision, discipline. I like I like what I saw out of Walker. This this is a win. Yeah, solid effort mm. for a guy coming straight on the team uh, this week in, in an emergency scenario for sure. Uh, I felt like he was a little bit hard done by in the early goings with that. The the, the broadcast really called out. Kind of a missed tackle on the three-yard line that, that set them up on the one. But, I mean, it was a tough ask. I mean, he's coming in off one week and he just took one step to the right. I mean, they, they really harped on it, I thought. Um, but, yes. Yeah, I mean, a bit, a bit on play action as well. Yeah, exactly. Pulled out, out, of, out, of, out of position in the fourth quarter as well. I mean, you know, but that's just him overplaying things. And that's to be explained by him being new. Yeah. Like yeah. What, 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 what else can you expect from a guy that's been here, you know, as long as uh, Josh Dobbs was in Minnesota? <laughs> Six days, yeah. Um, but yeah, with Matt Robinson, I mean, I don't understand how you can be listed as a second stringer, then the first two guys go down, uh, and then somehow you're still <laughs> the second stringer. Right. Someone comes ringing, ringing the door. Like playing Pokemon. Like. What's happened? Um, so yeah, I don't know what his future is uh, at the moment, but it, it certainly seems like another Buddy Johnson situation to me, where we're just not going to get him on the field. Uh, Edges, oh. uh, TJ and Highsmith. Now, before we even talk about those two, uh, only eight snaps for Golden, a couple for Herbig. The last two weeks, we've really seen a diminishing sort of number of snaps in, in the rotation for those two. What do you think the reason is for that? Is that just that we've been in these really tight games? We, we have been all year, so I don't really understand that. Or yeah, I don't know. You know what? Because because to me, I thought that was really working. We were, we were spelling TJ and Highsmith. We were getting good production out of those two, and then maybe they've just decided Herbig's arms just a little bit. Love it. <laughs> no? Is that joke right, of course? <laughs> it's. I think it's questionable why why they're not getting the reps because ultimately we Highsmith and what need a break. Come on, um, they need a rest. Yeah. And I, I know Austin said was it in the last two three weeks he said if those boys are ready to go they're starting. Well, yeah, I appreciate that, but you need to control their time management. That's your job. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, I yeah. hated that quote when I saw that. I was like, "Come on!" Like they were blown up at the end of that Packers game, and you, you, it was really obvious. Yeah, like, touchdowns they... are overrated. <laughs> Completely accidental hit the sound. Oh right, I was going. Totally. I thought it was actually jab. I was like, oh, I, I, I was trying to compute the logic. <laughs> yeah, there's no logic other than my finger slip. <laughs> but yeah, great stop. My finger <laughs> slip. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, no, I I hated that quote, and uh, I I feel like we really need to see a bit more of, of Golden and Herbig. Uh, the guys on the field, though, Highsmith, you mentioned uh, Mark as maybe being uh, one of the top players on PFF. Um, 
a great game against the. I think I think he often has these games. I feel like where maybe he isn't able to get to the quarterback for one reason or another. The Browns were getting rid of the ball really quick in this game. I don't think there was a ton of pass rushing opportunities to get there really quick, but uh, he, he seems to always be able to just. He has he has the movement ability and the side to sideline sort of ability coming off the edge and, and the adjustment ability to to break off his blocks and shed. Uh, he, he's a mm. great rundown defender. I don't think we even talk about that enough because. He's such. He's become such a good, a good pass rusher that we don't even think. About he does that a great job of, of plugging the plugging the gap or forcing the running back away from him into the middle of the line, and someone else cleans up the tackle. And you can't, you can't read that in the stats. He's such a good job at that. You, you could yeah. almost argue his run defense is better than his pass rush. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the optics for TJ kind of suck purely because we're going up against Garrett here, and I hate that Garrett's performance kind of gives him that. I mean, did we just hand Miles Garrett the? The MVP, the defensive MVP award kind of felt like it in the moment. I don't know. Oh man, I hate that. I know. That's, that's e- e- even though TJ and Miles Garrett never step on the field at the same time, so it's actually completely irrelevant. But do, do you know what I mean? When when they're both in the same game, it just somehow felt like it mattered more. The only thing I say is there's a cornerback um, in Dallas who has more is more receiving touchdowns than any of our wide receivers. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Maybe. Uh, but he gets home in the fourth quarter, gets one sack, two tackles for loss, six tackles and three QB hits in this game. So it continues to pad. And two, two backside pursuits, yeah. which were more impactful in the game. I thought. And is now apparently a dirty player for that. Absolutely yeah. nothing. What the hell are people talking about with this Betonio stuff? That, he didn't do anything. They grasped for anything. job. I considered bringing this up and then decided just not to bother because I didn't even know what oh, to say I, I think it was so ridiculous that, yeah, I, I just thought I'd bring it up because it, it, literally all he does is just do his job. Like, how are you saying he's dirty for that? I do not Yeah, know. it's because it's like, it's because Betonio ends up with one leg and then the leg kind of plants to the left a bit and, and TJ pushes. But by that point, his head is facing the ground and he's just finishing the play. I don't know. It's one of these stupid things that we do on, on on Twitter as fans, where one fan base says a thing about a player because they don't like that player, and then the other fan base just defends them. And who's right? Well, I think it's me. It's nowhere near it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Did he do anything? Who knows? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> on to the secondary. Pat Pete, what do you think of him in this game? Because to me, a better game didn't see as much of him. I thought he was able, probably because of the the passing game we were going up against to kind of keep everything in front of him a little bit more in this game. And you saw him be, be able to be a little bit more cerebral. Uh, to quote Theresa May, nothing has changed. Yeah, okay, fair enough. You're right physically, but it's nice to at least have these games where he doesn't get burned every five minutes. Indeed. Yeah, but lack of uh, change of direction and agility reared its head again. Is it going to grow that? <laughs> gr- no, he's not. It, it, that's gone. Granted more additional seven yards after the catch second quarter. Uh, just lack of drive in zone. Like it's, He's fine but just he's not pat pat peterson that we were hoping for yeah i got nothing on wallace in this one jpj um rookie mistakes yeah six penalties mm-hmm. now in the last three games it bears looking at offside and holding in the first half uh, offside for a corner by the way <laughs> yeah. that's 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 the press man jpj's playing six tackles in the pass defense in the end zone to force a field goal though on the plus side I, tip tip the ball for the pick yes the yeah. ball skills mark ball skills <laughs> speaking of receipts for gav uh chandon sullivan mm. uh keeps his concentration makes that pick of, after the tip so fair play to him uh riley didn't thought, else, no no he didn't i thought who did was riley who was everywhere i thought yeah. in the run early yeah, as well. um then leaves the game with a high ankle sprain he's on ir now so that sucks right. yeah. Trenton thompson yes go on 
Do we need to have a discussion? You do. <laughs> yeah. I do. Great game. Possibly the best game he's had. Uh, I thought decent open field tackling. Like in the second quarter, the end around reverse tackle on Tillman. And again, when he triggered well downhill, end of second quarter, it was 32 yards downfield when he triggered. The ball traveled 25 of those, and he met uh, DTR to hold him for a five-yard gain. That's a pretty good play. Uh, nice wide-armed scoop tackle on that play. Decent-looking blitz, got a hurry, two-minute drill, led to a one-yard one yard loss and a pressure throw, second quarter. Did a great job one-on-one one in man on Njoku, out on the numbers, end of second quarter in that red zone stad. Uh, carried him, got the pass break up in the end zone. Undercut the pass well, third and eight. Nearly had his pick third quarter. He's still got a lack of agility, still got lack of change of direction, which reared up in the end zone, which allowed Njoku 11-yard completion on the final field goal drive. So my, my, my opinion hasn't changed, but this was a good game from him. And I think if you can contain him into a role where his deficiencies aren't exposed, he could be a good player. And I, I apologise for being so down on him. But I do think there are issues with his game. And I think this, this was a great game from him. I'll give him credit. Good game from Thompson. Another guy we're asking a lot from, you know, to come in and start 58, play 58 snaps in this game. Not a ton of experience playing on this defence. Had to come in, obviously, last week and, and do a lot as well. So I, I am starting to feel for some of these guys that are having to fill in now. On, I guess you can run the ball. On both sides of the... Uh, Oh, sorry. I should say on 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 both in both areas of the defense at linebacker and safety because I mean it must be tough, man. The communication, especially, I, I, I can't even imagine. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. That there seems to be a big um, dose of miscommunication across this secondary, and it seems to have been happening for a couple, if not a few weeks now. Well, I think since Minka's been out, to be yeah. honest. Um, it, it just shows how much of a talisman Minka is. But yeah, these communication issues are. Ri- you, you're seeing this defense just constantly shouting and pointing around while while the play's about to kick it's it's really frustrating to watch and yeah you just you see walker out there shouting yeah. and pointing and marshalling people he's been in the team for yeah. five days exactly you, you can't <laughs> be having a guy who's yeah who's just literally yeah. been on the team for a hiccup having a marshal around marshal your team think, it's think about how baffling. many new starters we've brought in in that back seven though you know, he, he, even like yeah. Porter coming in, uh, yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. He, he was in the team from day one this year, but he's now he's now the starter. It's been so much top and change. It's unfortunate that we've been really hammered at those three positions, both in terms of one injury and two, just rotation of players and proven players coming in the start. It, it just, we do need to tidy that up, though. It's getting bad. That said, I know we're playing DTR in this game and the Browns' offense isn't isn't all that, but... To hold the team to 13 points with the injuries that they've got on that side of the ball and some of the, you know, we got Amazon delivery drivers on the practice squad. We got like, you know, Trenton Thompson, you know, Michael Walker. These are guys that, you know, weren't playing football three weeks ago. Well, they, and they kept the run game under mm-hmm. 100 yards total from the yeah, Browns. Yeah. This is a running team. I mean, they they, they they came out, they set their stall. I, I think it was a decent game plan. A lot of single high man, which they should have stuck to. They went away from that and that's when they started to get burned. But the, the early playing calling, the scripted stuff, I mean, Hunt, 36 yards, Ford, 31 yards, DTR, 20 yards. Mm-hmm. You couldn't ask for more, basically. And, and, all, and all night, they defended against short fields as well. Um, you know, there was eight punts from the Steelers in this game. They were just con- they were constantly on the field. I think the fact they only allowed 13 points, and then obviously they allow the points on the final drive to kill it, which, which you know, which sucks. But 
I don't think you can put an ounce of blame on the defense. Uh, let, let's be real. Yeah, I mean this this was a, t- a game that was lost oh, yeah. by the offense. They did enough the to win. Kept them in the game. Yeah. Totally kept them in. The Plenty game. enough to win. Um, I hate to do this. I hate to do this and pull an audible, but Ketz has just provided me some more context. <laughs> and this is this is amazing. So I have to bring it back to this. So first of all, Ketz, how are you pulling stuff from uh, the New Heights podcast that happened in March? Um, googling people talking about it on Twitter. Yeah, but didn't you didn't you raise it though in the first place? Like you said, you, I did, you remembered and then I that big and like further sources. And yeah, exactly. Sources. So, but what I'm saying is, like, how did you remember that this was this was said? Uh, you know, nine months ago or something. What was said? Sorry, right. Gyarados. So, the, 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 I'm bringing it back to the Gyarados thing. They compared Antonio Brown to Gyarados because Gyarados causes destruction wherever he goes, and his special move is pool. What? <laughs> Antonio Brown's special move to end his career was pool. Exactly. If you remember that uh, social media clip with the, the little hazy blocks over his member. Gav, you've successfully <laughs> explained the joke. Bravo. I've got no idea what Gyarados is. <laughs> put, this is, this is my favourite new layer of the onion that we've discovered. It doesn't know anything about Pokemon yet. It's bizarre. You, you don't know Magikarp? Bizarre. You know, Why is it bizarre? Because it's I'm like old. because it's literally the most popular, like or most profitable franchise probably of your lifetime. Mm, incorrect. Is it? Uh, is it incorrect? Star Wars surely is more profitable. Mm. Oh, you think more more people are making money out of? Like, I, yeah, side I'm talking total like Blake profit. Martinez. No, 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 no. I'm talking about total profit of the franchise. For, well, actually, yeah. I mean, Pokemon is definitely higher than Star Wars for sure because because of the games. Okay, fine. Um, but I believe it's the highest grossing franchise, at, at least of like a long time. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say ever, but it, it's it's like higher than almost anything you would think. Eighty-eight billion dollars total yeah. revenue estimated. I feel like this is like split the, the fruit ninja. You know, this is like split the melon. The 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 side of the listeners that are, are younger than yeah. me, yeah, yeah, are like. What is going on? This guy's chatting about. How does he not know? And the, and the people that are closer to my age are like, yeah, I totally get this. I don't know. Do you know, you know what the test is? We need to ask Jason if he knows. Dad, he might know a damn thing. Controversial show there. <laughs> we we need a UK city poll. We need a Twitter poll. We do. Yeah. How Sorry, many Pokemon can you name? Magic baby. Okay, we're on that. Okay, okay. Back to the game. Uh, we're pretty much done with it, right? Um, special teams. Uh, I'm gonna text Jason right. Yeah, now. go find yeah. out. I just want to. I just want to say because Gav, you totally called it last week, and I, I I told you off for it. But I do think you kind of coaxed this out of him. Damn Rough it, Presley Harvin game again. Uh, after, after we had so much consistency from him, uh, and in fairness, he had four out of his eight inside the twenty. Although I wouldn't say any were like great punts. And then obviously he has the twenty yards, absolutely awful shank, absolute clangor, key moment, uh, entering the fourth quarter as well. It's like Gav said last week, though. Don't have him punting nine times. He's well, perfectly yeah. serviceable. Yeah. If he's punting seven, eight, nine times a game, he's going to make these mistakes. He's got it in him. But most of what he's been doing this season, bearing in mind how much he's been punting this season, has been pretty good and an improvement over the last couple of years, as far as I'm concerned. I'm running him out of town. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm hooking, hooking a noose over his head and riding my horse, dragging his body through town while everyone laughs. My God. And then wow. ditching him by the tree. I'm done with this guy. I'm sorry. We, we, so vivid. I don't care about your booming <laughs> leg in two out of four punts. I want the one punt out of six that you shank out of the, the boundary and, and the, the sideline players, the special teams guys, 
the, 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 the guys in not even addressed are pointing to where the ball went out because it's so bad that the refs can't even see. I'm sorry, I'm done. <laughs> uh, wow, I mean, you, you belonged on Team Rocket, Gav. That was, that was hard. <laughs> well, it's my new position. I, I, my, my new engagement with punting, I'm, I'm out on Presley Harvin. Sorry, they, they, we're now into sunk cost fallacy where they're keeping on the team purely because they drafted him. And that's a mistake. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay, is that enough for that game? I'm sick of it. 13-10, it was one of the worst losses I remember watching. It, it sucked. It felt like a game we should have won. Agreed. We had no business losing. Yeah. Um, seven, seven and three was right there, man. This team should be seven and three. No, but then neither should the Browns, to be honest. I think you've got to look at it. If if this game triggered them to fire Matt Canada, yeah. it was worth it. I guess. That. But the this was also a huge turn... <laughs> in the playoff um, push, I mean, we, we if we won this game, we had a 70-odd percent chance of making the playoffs. Now we're less than 50. So we shall see how it goes from here on out. All right. Some of the other games that went down very quickly. Well, I'll, I'll skip through some of these because we've been going long. But what were the interesting ones? Okay. Uh, Bears play the Lions close, but they throw it away. 31-26. Are the Lions for real? They keep. They, I, I feel like they are. I want them to be. Yeah, they're, they're a team that's new to being you in think? this kind of situation. That's all it is? Yeah, I think so. So I'm a little bit worried about some of these like eggs. That I mean, this wasn't an egg, but they did lay a couple eggs so far this year. One egg, I remember. Was there an egg? There was definitely an egg laid. There's been a few eggs, but that's going to happen with a team that's not used to winning. It's a cultural thing. That's, yeah, true. They're a losing team, and this is their first This is their first team, first year in, I don't know, since I've been alive, right, that they've been good, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it, that takes time to shift... The parameters of winning need consistency out of golf as well. They were getting it before. Seems to have had a bit of a leaky few weeks. So let's hope. Let's hope that carries on. Uh, Packers edge out a woefully disappointing Chargers team, thirty-three to thirty. John Love seems to have arrived. Justin Herbert needs to be traded for by the Pittsburgh Steelers. What? Where's this come from? Why? why I don't know. This has just been the up? thing. On I think it's the coinciding of everyone in, in Pittsburgh is suddenly out and pick it, and Herbert is being wasted by the Chargers. It, it, I mean, it's a natural it's thing. It makes sense. I don't think the Chargers would ever let him go. What would be the price? Oh, yeah. Three first rounders. Contract? Yikes. Oh, and $262 million, mm. isn't it? Something yeah. like that. Did you uh, see the testy interview with Staley afterwards? <sighs> oh, he's got to be done. He's got to yeah, go. that was... Like, the man is dragging that team down something up, something fierce. He could oh, be gone before the season ends, I think. I think he should be. I think he should have been gone before the start of this season. That's, again, like a cultural thing, that that team cannot win. It is, yeah. It's a losing culture. Yeah, you're totally right. Because the team, there's no excuse for it. The team's way too good to be... I mean, what are they right now? I I can't know in front of me, but they've got, what, three wins? Four wins? Three wins? (laughs) Yeah, Mike's got it right. I've got got a a quick update. Jason says, I I said, uh, quick question for the pod. Do you know anything about Pokemon? Mm -hmm. He said, absolute jack shit. (laughs) Gabby's right then. He's totally right. I guess the oldies just never got on board with Pokemon. It's just, well, it just didn't exist. What about Digimon? Oh, God, no. You're really going to lose him on that. <laughs> I don't know anything about Digimon, to be fair. So what was your thing then, Gav? If, if Looking at Pokemon, you know, kind of like a cross-media film, movie, TV show, game, franchise. What's the equivalent of that in your realm? I'm not sure there was. There was, there was yeah. uh, Panini stickers. Yeah, I guess that's similar. My my brother enjoyed Pogs, but I think that's oh Pogs, yes. Yeah, that, that that's after me. I'm older than Pogs. Even. 
Jesus, you don't want to be older than Pogs. <laughs> no, we had, we had, yeah, we had stickers. And that, that's about it, really. Oh. All right, fair enough. I think. Uh, do you know, what, Gav? This, this is. This, I know you'll never do it, but maybe, maybe this is like an LJ thing, right? Maybe you can sit down and just watch the first season of the original Pokemon. I mean, this is one of the great cartoons of all time. Oh, yes. Is it really? Yeah. The I mean, this is, is it, this is a culturally what, relevant what's the nexus of it. Where does it start? Where do you? Where do you? Just, just the I mean, you don't need, yeah exactly you don't even yeah. have to watch like loads of it because it goes on for a very long time but if you just sat down and watch from episode one of like ash ketchum leaving his hometown i mean that is a great yeah. season of tv watch so that, like that is the start of yeah 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 it, so the cartoon happened and then it became trading cards and then it became so i think the video game came video first game. the original so the video game was yeah, first pokemon. this is where it's confusing for it for for an oldie that doesn't know Gen- so it started know, with yeah. Game Freak, who made Pokemon. What is it? Blue, blue, and uh, red and blue. Red and blue. Yeah. red and blue. Sorry, the first two, and then obviously, then there's been millions of Pokemon since. They've, they've, they've to the point where they've run out of colors, and they're called like Pokemon Sword and Shield now, and the Pokemon are like candles <laughs> or ice creams because they've run out. Of, they've literally like there's a thousand of them. Yeah, sorry, there's a thousand Pokemon yeah. at this point. Um, what is a Pokemon? It's a pocket monster. What's that? Poke, poke, pocket, mon. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get it's the a, it's, a, it's a monster of of some sort that you so. Come that comes out of a ball, so you well, keep, you keep the, it in a pokeball and you throw yeah. it, and it comes out of that. The the, poke, the Pokemon world is is kind of a, a weird one because the Pokemon and the humans live in in, in a, like a somewhat a tenuous harmony, I would say, where the Pokemon live in in the wilds, but they're also like kind of open to just being collected by people that throw balls at them and, and hit them a bit, and then they kind of have to just live in indentured servitude inside these balls and fight other Pokemon mm. at random intervals. But also, they love each other, so it's okay. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> Stan's a little bit morbid when you say it like that, so, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's these uh, beasts uh, minding their own business, and God, balls are thrown at them, now they're fighting each other. It's a little bit gladiatorial. <laughs> it's when you put, like, a poor little, like, wooloo up against some, like, giant, like, ant creature with scissors for hands when it gets a little bit out of hand. I'm only going to so, allow so the that... first 151 slash two, I'm afraid. So it's like fighting. That's, that's the card fighting game element yeah. of it, yeah. Like, yeah. And the video game. But, well, and the show. I mean, that's what it's all around. So the point how, is... How does that relate to the cartoon? So the cartoon is about Ash Ketchum, right? Who wants to become <laughs> the greatest... Po- he wants to become Gav. I want to be the very best. Like no one ever right. was. He wants to train. He wants to train the Pokemon and become the world champion of the Pokemon... What's it called? He wants to be a, a trainer of the little yes. monsters yes. which are trapped into balls. Yes. So, the ultimate... And you're grown men enjoying this. Well, this is the best. Sorry, dude, this I mean, is not so male. Good. We did it when we were like you... six. I, I still uh, enjoy it okay. actively. <laughs> One of us. The, the aim of the aim of Pokemon Gav was to catch or see, but see was the first aim. But reality was catch all 151 slash two Pokemon. Yes, correct. That was like the ultimate. So how did you catch them as cats growing up in Kettering? Well, there was various different versions. As Sai said, there was red and blue, the video game, and then various different colours and different worlds and different generations of it. You had the cartoon. You've had movies over the years. You've had Pokemon on the so side. What, so of, like, airplane livery counts, counts as to seeing one. And then there was Pokemon Go. So Pokemon Go was the <laughs> first, like... This is like Pokemon Go is literally where I Alternative yeah. reality. Alternative reality. You could... I caught a Doug Trio in Presswitch once. That was like a thing. <laughs> I was being attacked by a gold bat. It was all going off. It was such a great time in 2018 when that was a thing because there was like places I'd walk past and they'd have signs in the door saying, this is not a poker stop. Yeah, do not catch like, Pokemon here. 
This is the wildest thing that's ever occurred. Uh, Jason said, I said getting attacked on the pod. <laughs> and Jason said, for not knowing about it, I've never, ever got why adults are into it. Oh, uh, See, I think, yeah, this is just a fundamental misunderstanding, I think. Um, but I get it. I mean, there's probably stuff now that like these Zoomers are watching that I look at and go, what the hell is this? But they probably have nostalgia for. But uh, to me, there is, it's a, it's a hard thing to describe, but there's something special about Pokemon, right? I don't know what it is. Because like Digimon is largely the same idea <laughs> and that sucks. Mm, yeah, no, Digimon was no, just like no, poor no. man's Pokemon, really. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for the, pe- the the listeners of my age that I'm, have no. I, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm slowly losing interest as we've, well. We've, we've gone past yeah. Mike's interest. Okay, fine, we'll move on. Punting corner. Uh, I'll, come back, I'll come back on that Digimon stuff, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll save the. I'll save that for the Digimon show. <laughs> yeah. Just final word from Jason said, "I'm on Team Gav." Seems like a ridiculous thing, in all honesty. Final word. No just, just watch that first season and then watch the first Pokemon and movie. Get out of and game that's, boy. that's it, man. And there you're sorry. Yeah, of course. Only only film I've ever cried at in the cinema. But, yeah, yeah, I don't blame you, man. Yeah. That's that's an admission, <laughs> Mark. Man, when yeah. um it, it, what is it like the second episode when the Pidgey is injured or whatever and actually oh man, that's so sad. Yeah. Pulls at the heartstrings. <laughs> right. Uh what else I love was the there? idea of Pokemon being out of context. For me, that's such an alien idea. I know. <laughs> this I, whole like that's why era I'm, of my childhood is just like, I'm harping having on no so concept much. of it. Yeah, that's why I'm harping on it so much, Kets, because it's just it, it does feel crazy that there's a person that has no concept. Do you, do you no. use TikTok? No, Kets. no. Oh, Kets, no. no. Right, so it's like someone saying, "Oh, TikTok." No, 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 did, no. You didn't incorporate TikTok in your whole life. We're not. Is... We're not. We're not doing this. We're not comparing Pokemon. <laughs> to TikTok. It is. That's exactly what it is. If you're if you're like 16 now, then TikTok is your world. Yeah. And, and not Pokemon, and you are you are the Pokemon generation. You might be cool now, or maybe twenty years ago, but you will not be cool in about another. Two we're, we're old, Simon. <laughs> right, uh, Aiden O'Connell. Ooh, rough luck here, Mark. Uh, he teases, will be the very best one day. Teases Mark with a good performance before throwing three picks and losing the game. <sighs> He'll get there. He's a rookie. He'll get there. <laughs> Twenty to thirteen to Miami. Miami, low key, uh, not a real team. <laughs> to me, um, the, tricky one. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the the imposters. Uh, Giants win a game. What happened here, Commanders? Thirty-one nineteen. Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Incredible. Hey, DeVito. He went from hot dog seller to actual quarterback. Yeah. Is he good? Because last week we said he wasn't a viable NFL quarterback, but I guess we just didn't know what we were talking. You, about. you want to talk about head coaches who are on the hot seat? Ron Rivera is. Yeah. After he, this. Yeah, I I think he'll see the season out, but I would be very surprised if he's back next year. It's a shame because you, you kind of thought before the season he'd be gone with the new ownership and stuff, and then it kind of felt like the commanders had something going there with Sam Howell, but I think this loss is, is a real... It's, it's a shame because I, I do think they have got something with Sam Howell. It's yeah. just, he's susceptible to having these sort of games where he's just, he goes completely off the rails. So. Yeah. Roller coaster. But yeah, big time. Uh, the Bills finally rescue Jets fans from Zach Wilson with a with an overwhelming thirty two six performance. Welcome to Tim Boyle. That's your congratulations, Brian. Wow. I mean, yeah, the name says it all. <laughs> Tim and, Boyle. And Tim Zach Boyle. Wilson is the third choice string. now. Yeah. Third oh, string. That t- you know, the, when you watched, I don't want to say. There's no way I could have predicted that Aaron Rodgers' Achilles would snap in half or whatever. But isn't this exactly what we said would happen when all this stuff went down in the offseason with Aaron Rodgers taking over the entire franchise and all of a sudden his best friend is the backup quarterback and his, his, his best mate is the, mate's the coordinator and he, all of his <laughs> friends are over as the receivers. Oh, and guess yeah, what? This is what you get. Not do anything. Bitch. Alan Lazar just 
lounges around the field not being thrown to all game. Stupid. One of the stupidest things, uh, subplots I've ever seen in, in an off-season. Hey, <laughs> the, the, uh, the Bills get a new OC, score 30 points, absolutely yeah. hammer a team. Hmm, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. It would be something. Uh, Rams win a squeaker on a misfield goal uh, from the Seahawks with Stafford back, 17-16. to 16. Glad to see Puka Nakua's got his fantasy value back. Appreciate that. That was a, it. He he did nothing until the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Yeah. Right? Stafford? No, no. Oh, he's, didn't he score a touchdown in the first quarter? Did I was he? watching it on Red Zone, but I'm sure I saw one. I was like, yes, Nakua's oh, back. Uh, yeah. Not sure. Uh, Broncos also win by one over the Vikings and Josh Dobbs. Go to five and five. They're getting hot at the right time. Sneaky, lives. Yeah, sneaky playoff contender, I think, there. Colton Sutton having a great season. Shaky division there, really. Yeah. I mean, I, don't think the, I think the Chiefs are in a real bind. Yeah, obviously, they, they, don't, they don't look real. They uh, lose to the. To the Eagles in a game, a surprisingly defensive battle, but a very wet one, a lot of drops, nobody covered themselves in glory, really. And uh, least of all, Nick Sirianni, who's becoming <laughs> the cringiest coach in the NFL. You see, see him walking, walking off the screaming. Fans, yeah. oh, take, take that, Chiefs fans. Oh, sh- shut up, man. I, I, I like, you know, you know, I like the coaches that like get on things. Hang on, and, hang on. But, when did Nick Sirianni become my nan? Well, yeah, he's, well, yeah, he's, he's not Chiefs fans. That was just quite the impression. Awful. He's, <laughs> he's just, I don't know. Then oh, this week it's felt like every, everyone online has been like, "Oh, Nick Sirianni's the perfect coach for Philly." Everyone hates Philly except Philly, and everyone hates Nick Sirianni except the Philly fans. No one talk. No one thinks about you, Philadelphia. We talking. What, what, what does it mean? Everyone hates Philadelphia. Go away. I hate Philadelphia. I don't care about Philadelphia. <laughs> I think Philadelphia fans hate Philadelphia more than anyone else. They do, and they're proud of it. Um, but I have an appreciation for Philadelphia because my friend Matt, who some of you will know, um, is going to Philadelphia, and he's going to two games over the next couple of weeks. Eagles, Bills, imagine the tailgate yeah. that's going to happen at that game. Ooh, through some tables. And then he's going to Eagles Nine oh, next week. Jesus. Oh, Jesus! Nice game. Ah, that's a good run. That's yeah. a good, good, good double. Uh, jealous good he's going. Yeah, he's very jealous. There. Yeah, for sure. I don't understand why people, more people don't hate the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. Why? Is it, is it because they're true? Uniform was gross since they changed it. <laughs> that's true. I don't like that. I think I have they, a sneaky, mug Santa. I think I have a sneaky soft spot for the Eagles because my favorite band is Big Eagles fans, and Sunny in town. Philadelphia is like the best show, and the episode. About the Super Bowl, legitimately made me cry. No, so I don't. I have no problem with it. This is why it annoys me. I'm like Eagles fans go on about how much everybody hates them. I'm like, I mean, really, they're the only in in state rival for the Steelers. So, you know, yeah, but even that, like one one Pennsylvania team, uh, it feels like a made up rivalry to me. I don't know. It's not. It's real. That's that is. (laughs) We we spent like two seasons as the same team. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You hate your brother. Let's more just stick than to the Bengals, you know. Let's stick to hating them. Um, I, I'm fine with the Eagles. I don't. I wanted them to to win the Super Bowl last year. I was totally, totally cool. just ugly. I, I, just that's ugly. the other reason ugly. that I think I like the Eagles because of the Nick Foles thing and you know defeating Tom Brady. That was like my favorite Super Bowl that I watched live. Um, all right, the Bungles. Let's move on. The Bungles lose to the Ravens last week, a long time ago now, on Thursday Night Football after Burrow goes down for the season with a wrist injury. And if you're watching that one live, man, first of all, what a disappointing game. But also, you, you, I, I mean, I thought I knew as soon as as soon as you saw it because Joe Burrow's face told the story. But then, obviously, on the touchdown pass or uh, no, like after when he's sort of testing the ball out, trying to throw it on the sideline and whatnot. On the touchdown pass, you saw it though because he threw it and it immediately grabbed mm, his wrist. Did, yeah. 
it felt to me like one of these ones that was going to be like, right, he's just not going to be right for the season. This is going to be it. And he tried to cover it a little bit. Oh, it's just a it's just a sprained wrist or whatever. But yeah, he's he's gone. He's on IR. Left with uh, what's the name of the fellow? Jake I've got Brown. Now? Jake Brown. <laughs> there you go, Jake Brownie. Uh, who I actually thought you know did all right, did all right when he came in. Um, Can throw it deep. Moves the offense. Yeah, surprisingly good accuracy. For a guy um, who what what did he play like three snaps before he came in that game? Yeah, I mean uh, he, he seemed to suffer a lot of drop passes. Rather, he could have done better. Mike, any got got any intel on Browning? I know nothing about Browning's uh, draft. Not that I can recall. No, um, I uh, are we going to really sell a chair much to about him? Absolutely not. I can't think of anything about him whatsoever from his college days. That's probably a good reason as well. <laughs> so, you, yeah, I mean that makes you think. Well, they, they made a good decision because he, he played pretty well, I thought. He didn't look like a totally flustered rookie out there. And they're hiring him. They think he can make the start. I mean, that's why they've moved on from the Kyle Allens and whoever else they had. I um I feel like Jake Browning being in this game is not... You know, last week when DTR was announced the starter and then obviously this happened on Thursday night before we played the Browns as well, It all of a sudden it felt like, wow, we're 6-3. and three. And now we're facing Dorian Thompson Robinson and Jake mm-hmm. Brown in the next two weeks, and we could go four and zero in the division, and we could be eight and three. That was like where my mind was, and you know, obviously with the Steelers, you're getting carried away if you if you're counting any win before it happens. But to me, after that Dorian Thompson Robinson performance, um, still winning that game, I know the Bengals don't have the defense the Browns do, but hard not to be a little bit concerned that they they might still have better QB play than us. Mm. He went undrafted in 2019, was 2016 Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. Draft uh, Picked up as a UDFA by the Vikings. It's, a, it's again an indication that development time is, is key for these guys because yeah. he came in and looked decent, I thought. Well, we'll see. We'll see this week whether he can play or not. But in relief of Burrow, I thought he, he was surprisingly good. I, I, you know, I re-watched this game from the point where he came in just to see what we're up against. Surprisingly good performance, I thought. The Bengals are now, what, 5-5? Five and five? Um, But in a shaky position, especially because of the division and their record within the division. Uh, they they really, this is kind of a must-win game to even stay in contention. Now, obviously, no one's really expecting great shakes from them now with, with Burrow out, but, uh, I mean, they'll be fighting for their lives really in this game. So I, I really don't think they can be discounted. I, I'm a little bit concerned about this game. I think it's going to be a very close one. I don't know. Lamar had a lot of time to throw in this game. He, there was no pressure. Our quarterback's Kenny Pickett. <laughs> yep. I just think their, their defense is not doing it, not getting it cut. I mean, they're, they're second in picks. This, this is a turnover, sixth in turnovers. This is a, a game-changing defense in terms of turnovers, but everything else pretty dire much better against the pass and the run and even they're not that good against the pass so this this is a warren game fire up the run plan um you know you, you're talking 27th in first down how, how are they against the run uh they're 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 not great they're, they're like bottom five in most categories so they're much better against the pass so, so this this should be a game that they can win. I was say twenty seventh in first downs, twenty eighth in third down percentage. You know, this this could be a Steelers a Steelers game. They're they're pretty bad defense, despite losing their quarterback. What was the injury report um, size that I got earlier on, Matt? So uh, yeah, the injury report um, for the Steelers side. 
do not pra- uh, did not practice. There was a few resting, obviously. Uh, Levi Wallace, uh, Isaac Sermalo, Cam Hayward. Um, Minka, again, didn't practice this week. Uh, not this week, sorry, uh, today. Um, oh, Pat P was resting as well. But George Pickens was the reason I was going, oh, he did not practice uh, with a shin uh, issue, apparently. So that's one to keep an eye on. Um, Montrevious Adams uh, back to limited. Um, so hopefully we'll see a bit of him. Uh, James Pierre was limited. And sorry, sorry, Nick Herbig was limited. As well. oh, what will we so, do without his four snaps? Yeah, but Pickens, DNP. Not to worry. Mm, that's what I was a bit. Yeah, that's what I was a bit worried about. I mean, the Bengals uh, one doesn't look great either. Um, obviously, aside from Burrow, T. Higgins didn't practice again, which could be a big bonus for us. He's been up and down all year. Yeah, he? yeah, exactly. Uh, DJ Reader's got an illness, so he didn't practice. Um, so that might be interesting. And uh, Cam Taylor Britt didn't practice either. Quad injury there. Um, quite a few limiteds as well. Sam Hubbard is back to being limited, so I think we'll probably see Sam Hubbard play this week. By the looks of it, I think he's trending towards that. So it feels like this is a broken team, though. I'm not, I'm not too worried about the Bengals. Are you? I'm not, but at the same time, I know the weapons that they have, and you know, we're talking about how you know fairly impressive Jake Browning looked when he when he came in. Um, you know, nothing spectacular, but still, I I I don't worry so much about the Bengals. I just obviously just worry about our side of things more. So it it could be another it could be another low scorer. I think a lot of people. Are I think it's easier it's to come in and it's easier to come in and look decent in relief if you're starting. It is, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I think Browning is going to be exposed. But when you've got Jamar Chase, you know, if he can just keep connecting with him, it it could be a struggle. We're going to see JPJ follow Jamar Chase around on this one. He'll probably want to. If he cuts the penalties out, then by all means, go for it. <laughs> see how, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, Cam Taylor Britt is out. His backup is Chidobe Awuzie, who I saw in one of the... You know, they're always posting those chats that are like, you know, X-axis is this, Y-axis is that, and it shows you every cornerback, and if they're in the top right-hand corner, they're great. Uh, Chidobe Awuzie in the one I saw the other day, worst cornerback in the NFL, apparently. Ex- wow, to. bottom left Ooh, girl. Yeah, according to, according to uh, some <laughs> random chat... <laughs> 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 um, I, yeah, I, I think is this going to be a? Are we going to is the is the game plan with bearing in mind we've got the the, the running backs coach and the QB coach as our co offensive coordinators now? Is this going to be a run heavy game where we attack with Warren? We really lean into that, or is this going to be a game I where we so. say pick it? You need to show something, throw the ball against no, a questionable I, I defense. Think, I think this is a run game, right? Mm-hmm. Back to basics. Yeah, as we talked about earlier, Warren gets lion's share of the snaps. Oh, they keep no, things as miraculous is. nine snaps. Keep things as is. Go for a split. Mm. Yeah, you oh. might get ten. Over under ten <laughs> snaps. Over under a hundred scrimmage yards. <laughs> as I said, uh, second in picks, sixth in turnovers. So you, you don't want to be throwing it up against this team. Yeah. They can they can come down with the ball. All right. Well, it sounds like you think it's going to be an easy win, Gav. Are you going to be picking? I don't think score? it's going to be an easy win. I think it's going to be different to how it was against the Browns. I think this is a different prospect, a team that's that's reeling from the loss of their quarterback, uh, a defense that's not as good. So I, I, I'm I'm confident. I think the Steelers, you know, with with renewed optimism about an OC change, I think I think we should all be confident. Could they win by more than a score? No, <laughs> madness, guys. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> I think I took a, a 1915 Steelers win in this. 
I think they're all going to be close, aren't they? <laughs> That's almost a redundant point at this point. But uh, yeah, another low scorer. I, I I hope we just see Kenny uh, let loose a little bit, though. I, I I hear what you're saying, Gav, but I just I need to see something after last week that makes me believe that he's viable. Um, I'll give it even time. if it's just a play or two, there isn't much time left. It's one of those where I almost don't care about what the score is. It's more I want to see the development now, and that's like I don't, you know, I'm not expecting drastic changes, but I just want to start seeing more positives, and let let's see if there are, you know, little changes and little positives happening post Canada now. Even if it's a even if it's a loss, let's look good doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Some attractive I, football, some some interesting plays. Yeah. I do, I do think we it's could a bit different. Uh, change. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. Uh, and anyone taking the Bengals to win? I think I did in the sevens, but that's more of an insurance Ooh. policy because I've got too much better <laughs> than this team. <laughs> you, you had a 20, 20, 22 point win this week, right? I did. Really? Still mid table though, so I've got to do something. Oh, wow. Did you get a 10 pointer there, Kent? Oh, I can't remember. I don't understand Mark's scoring system. You're kidding me, aren't you? <laughs> Mark, how did I get 22 points? Uh, you, d- you did a lot. Um, you didn't get 10 points, but you did. Uh, that is the highest regular season uh, Gridiron 7 score Jeez. ever. So, ever. Whoa. That was a good week. What did he do? Yeah. <laughs> got everything right? Wow. Yeah. 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 About. You, uh, yeah, you got five points on Dolphins Raiders. You got a lot of three pointers. Everywhere and then just one two pointer. So yeah, you, you rocked it this week. Some questions to be asked about the scoring system, but we'll leave that for the off season. Yes. Poor Mark, always getting always getting questions about the scoring <laughs> well, system. I just, I, just will, I will be the, uh, throwing a feedback sheet out at the end of the season, so you can uh, you can feed it back through there. I don't know what the answer is, but Mark, Mark, I'm not asking behind <laughs> myself. Right. But is the feedback sheet anonymous? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think you're doing great work, Matt. As someone <laughs> sitting in third, only one point behind first, I think the scoring system's just fine. I think I think I'll know which one yours is, Mike. When it says the scoring system is bollocks, <laughs> <laughs> but your impersonations are very good. Uh, anyway, right, right. So what, what should we do now? I've got some. Who am I? Do we want to go there? Well, hang on, or... hang on. Public service announcement. Ooh, there is go, go, go. Thanksgiving football Thursday mm. afternoon, five p.m. ish UK time. Please get your gridiron sevens. In. Oh, yeah. Thanks for doing that, Kets. I actually forgot to say that. <laughs> yeah. Get them in by four o'clock tomorrow, please, if you haven't already. And if you want to be involved next year, email the show or tweet us and say you want to be involved. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, I just want to mention in the Kebab Bowl. Yes. Longtime friend and Patreon from the very beginning, Josh K. Uh, yeah, tough week. But then it was. It was it, I, I was worried at one point. Mark, you were worried too, right? Yeah, yeah. I think. I think next week. I think this week could be me done. I'm. I'm really worried about my team. Orclabe was was making moves this week. Mm. Spent all of his budget on lots of players. Mm. Classic Steve. Hey, hey, yeah. Are you confident, Mark? No, uh, I'm. I, I picked up. Devontae Adams. That was one all I picked up. Get... I picked up Travis Etienne, and that was it. Like, yeah, I, I've mm. only got a dollar left. So, yeah, I'm I'm worried. I think I'm the lowest projected. Oh no. Uh, well, is Steve? Yeah, I think Steve is actually. Um, although, despite all his moves, yeah, although... he's shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. Hopefully, <laughs> well, no, not hopefully. <laughs> shuffling <but>. deck chairs. <laughs> 
Uh, McCaffrey goes for six dollars. It's truly anyone's game now. You could have you could have anyone for next to nothing. Well, they're all super teams yeah. now at this point. Yeah. That's the fun of the game. Yeah. All right. How, how many teams left? Six. Five. It feels like about seven. That. Seven, I think. We ain't sure. Mm. Nothing's changed. This was my worst week. I, I was closest to the chop I've been. Oh really? I was very concerned. I, I literally woke up this morning and checked the thing, thinking I'm, I'm out, aren't I? Or whenever it was last morning. Because mm. uh, I didn't watch the game. Did you watch the Chiefs Eagles live? Yeah, or no? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I just couldn't be bothered. I don't know why. I, I'm out on the Chiefs. I'm out on the Eagles. I hate both both franchises. <laughs> So I, See, I think Steelers fans have a lot of hate in their heart this year for just for the season in general. I'm feeling it as well. Just like games are coming on, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> screw this. And I'll still watch it, and then I'll just sit there like with my arms crossed, like oh, miserable teams, stupid, Shaking. stupid offenses that stupid work. Yeah, it can work. You can get downfield, make passes. <laughs> Quick uh, question on the kebab bowl. Yes, if we've got seven teams left, and there's is it six weeks? How does that work? I refer you to Simon. Go ahead. <laughs> Hang on a minute, we have the same amount of teams we had last year. How could we possibly have... Oh, wait, because the last week there'll be two teams, Kets. Boom! Right, okay, oh, yeah. good. As long as oh, that yeah. works out. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> all right, um, League 2 remains the same, to be honest. Top 4 remains strong all season. Delaware Steeler first. Kathy in second, Matt. Yeah, uh, she's, worried. She's, she's worried, but I think she, I think she'll hang on in there. I think yeah, she's, she, uh, she'll she's going all the way. I, she, I uh, this year in the championship. she beat me in our home league. I will begrudgingly say I am that that league is dead to me now. I'm, I'm having a <laughs> shocker. Yeah, I, I'm sad that I went out of both of these guillotine leagues I was in so early because apart from that, my fantasy league's been excellent. The year's been excellent. Just every league, I'm just like. In it, it's we great. Keep, we keep getting told. Yeah, about this. yeah. Well, you'll, you'll continue to be told about it until I win no championships at the end. All right. I had a I had a three from three week last week in fantasy. First time that's ever. Oh, that's cute. How <laughs> about <laughs> I had a one in six. So <laughs> after my absolute triumph of a couple of weeks, I've had an absolutely shocking week this week. So yeah, you win some, you lose. Exactly. In, fa- in fairness to Kets, it's it's hard to get signal when you're inside these tanks somewhere over the Donbass region. <laughs> It's tough. It's got it's got uh what is it? It's Elon Musk Saturday. Oh the Starlink. Starlink, that's it. <laughs> He's paying his subscription. It's fine. It's a good enough uh sort of uh, signal to be able to lose comprehensively most weeks. So uh yeah, it's nice that it paid off for a win for once. Come back when you go eleven and eleven, son. son? <laughs> oh. All right. You were you were all slating me for my Jamar takes at the start of the season. Jamar Gibbs takes. He's coming on good. Who was slinging you for Jamar Gibbs takes? I, I enjoy that Simon just flagrantly, belligerently ignores pride before a fall. <laughs> I continues to make that same decision. That's become that's been my thing for a while now. I was talking to someone about this the other day because Chloe always calls me like really big headed, and I'm like, I don't think you understand. It's not a big headed thing. It's just that like, why would I project anything? It's Vince McMahon, you are Vince McMahon in fantasy. You are Vince yeah. McMahon. Like, why would you project anything but ultimate confidence? What benefit is there in being like, oh, I'm not very good at this? Like, you look like a diddle Yeah, but that's the fun of it. Like, I like playing the heel in these things. I know. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> just it's, I do it with a lot of things though. Like anything, even the things that I'm like quite bad at, I'll just like pretend that I'm just the best at them. You talk a good yeah, game. just because it just upsets people. 
you're that guy when you turn up with your like three friends to play tennis that have never played before, yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to dominate. dominate it. It. Yeah, absolutely terrible. And then you, you still talk exactly game. like we should. We, we started that. playing badminton recently, like at work, and I haven't played badminton in like 13 years or something. But I was like, oh, dude, when I used to play badminton, <laughs> I clean up the field, just absolutely dominate everyone. Um, you, listen, you got to talk a big game, and then you play a big game. It's not because you're Northern. Exactly. It's because you're Simon. <laughs> you do have to back it up with some level of competency. I don't think I don't you think do. you can just rock up and now you just what you, you, you all, all flags and no cannons. You just continue. Is you are? Right, you're just like totally waving everything and then you turn up to the battle and you run. What away. you do is right. No, you don't run away. That's the thing. You you get fully stuck in and fail horribly, and then you just kind of laugh about it because you, you projected nothing but great confidence, and then you failed. But you, you projected the confidence. You've already won. I feel like. Get out of here, bro. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Gav, did we ever get an update on the tennis shoes, by the way? I feel like that was an unclosed what, what was, loop. What, what, what was the question? <laughs> so I think probably like three or four years ago, you had some tennis shoes that you'd wore for like 25 <laughs> yeah, years. I've, I've, and I've you got rid of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. I did yeah, I've replaced them. Yeah. Much better. The new ones. Good. Okay. Significantly uh I've realised in recent uh, weeks that pe- some people don't haven't seemed to have understood the revolution that's been in trainers in like recent years. Uh, I, I, like so, Chloe just always wears like kind of like cheap shoes that you buy from Primark or whatever. Uh, and I recently started lending her like my Adidas like Ultra Boost trainers, which are like the really com- you know the really really bouncy comfy ones, but it makes you feel like mm. you can jump like a moon boot. Uh, the ones with the holes through the sole. Yeah, love that kind of that. stuff. And um. I, I, and she's just like, oh my god, I'm like, how how are these so comfortable? I'm like. How is like if you aren't if you aren't in the like comfort revolution already you're missing out. Go out there and buy some decent like clothes. I've got I've got strong points trainers. on this. I, th- I think I think trainers are uh, or shoes generally are very specific to the wearer, and it depends on your gait and your mm. like, arch. Architecture. That is true. So I don't think there's one size fits all. On the other hand, people aren't ready for the like, the sole. Forget that. I hear what you're saying. Definitely, and and shoes will vary in in comfort. But but find one with a solid sole, a very bouncy, comfy sole. Right. So this was my second point. I do think we, especially as men, I think women are much better than this uh, at this than us. But I think men should focus on comfort. I, yeah. I, I've worked with. Uh, a dude that's younger than me and he he's like pressed on me man you, you don't like care about your comfort you should improve your comfort you should get some bamboo pillows you should mm-hmm. get some nice some nice uh you know silken bed sheets and like work on your comfort video why why am i sleeping on like a rock hard bed with no sheets <laughs> that, that's what i was doing and now and now i'm embracing comfort i'm getting stoned i'm enjoying like sleeping on a bamboo pillow Li- life is good yeah and i i agree with this and i think it's it's there's nothing like weak or pathetic about yep. you know pampering yourself. Absolutely, I'm so glad you're with me on this, Gav, because this is a revelation I've had recently. Um, beyond just clothing, it, comfort. You're totally right. Get yourself a big, warm, snuggly blanket. Hide yourself under that all winter. Heating doesn't need to go on. Yeah, invest in yourself. Get yourself one of those lamps that turns on with light, and you wake up gradually over the course of half an hour. Rather than the the hardcore alarm, you fall out of bed, you you you, you know you lock away your hangover, and you get on, you get into your van, and you start digging up. Uh, I'm looking at you, Dave, digging up uh, patios. And digging up patios. <laughs> like wake up gently and head to work like Mike in a sports agent's you know world where you're like talking about golf and sports and dealing doing big deals while you're like doing lines of coke. It's all good. Slightly <laughs> slanderous. Wow. 
I went Sorry, off the Mike. deep end with uh, yeah, yeah, with, with the condition of Mike's life. I think uh, Gav has to. And now, <laughs> oh, sorry, I've interrupted yeah. the announcer. Gav, now. I was say, this has touched on one of my important theories of life, which is you should spend money on three things. First one is shoes. Mm-hmm. Second one is bedding mm-hmm. and your bed. Yeah, yeah, Third right. is a car. And the mm. reason for this theory is, if you're not in one, you're in the other. That's right. I agree. But what about spending money on women? Um, <laughs> keep, that private. Keep, keep that to yourself. <laughs> Redacted. Redact it. Redact. <laughs> Redact. Redact. Go back. Go back. Back up. <laughs> that goes into the expense account. There was a twisted right, joke Mike? I was trying to make there somewhere, but it, it, it didn't work. I got it what you were trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> or men. Let's go back. Let's go back yeah. to before I said that. Okay. What was Spend the uh, announcer guy going to say just before he was rudely interrupted? <laughs> Meet after the show. <laughs> and now on the UK Steelers podcast. Do, do we want to do a who else? Yeah, I, do... I, oh, I was just going to say I I put my hand up and nobody is nobody is. Oh, oh no, no, the hand oh. system's failed again. Um, I've already on the who just am I very 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 quickly um, because we're sort of at that time of the season now. I kind of want to review um, and just see what your opinions are on the schedules that are left in the AFC North. Mm. Um, for the rest of the mm. season, because I think it's quite interesting to look at um, who everybody has got here, and you know, it's still a quite a tight division. You know, it so it will be interesting to see like what happens at the end of it. So um, I'm just going to quickly run through. Um, so we know that our schedule, uh, obviously, we've got Cincinnati this week, and then after that, it's the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Colts, the Bengals again, the Seahawks, and the Ravens. Easy. Now that that sounds pretty, you know, on paper that sounds pretty good. Now let me run you through the Brown schedule: Broncos, Rams, Jaguars, Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals. Hmm. That is. I don't know what I'm expecting. To think they about. could come away with two or three wins, or they could come away with six. Conceivably, that's like a mid run, mm. right? There's, there's some, there's some hard away. ones there. There's there's a few very mm. gettable games as well. Whereas the Steelers feels like a bit, little bit of a cape. Yeah. So, and what what are the records right now? So the Steel, the Browns are seven and three, right? And we're six and four. Six and four. Yeah. So, so if, yeah, who knows? We'll see. And obviously, the Ravens are very much involved. They're well, the yeah. I mean, I'll go through the Bengals one first because I think yeah, I'll say the Ravens one to last. But Bengals schedule uh, is us. Uh, Jaguars, Colts, Vikings, us again, Chiefs, Browns. Mm. That's tough. That is a tough. I mean, with a couple of, it's it's difficult to say without Joe Burrow now, but like that's not the easiest run at all. But then you go on to the Ravens' schedule. Um, so they've got the Chargers next. Fair enough. But then. After that, you got Rams, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, us. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, Jaguars, 49ers, I think Dolphins. they've won the division. No? I think they probably have, but I it's going to be a tough running for them, and I don't think they'll win it by a massive amount. But I do. I, I mean, do what they, they usually will. do is Lamar gets injured about now, and they end up playing tight. Yeah, no, that's, or some that's the player. worry. You know, he hasn't done that yet, and if he doesn't, then... Mm. Odell Beckham coming real though, yeah, looking good yeah. to me. So who out of those? I mean, if we're ranking those schedules, I mean, are we saying that the Ravens have got the toughest one out of the four? Yeah, or I would say saying, so. Yeah, 
Yeah, but not worried about them. They're they're going to be competitive, and sometimes you need to be playing those tough games leading into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I would say it's Ravens, Bengals, us, Browns. I think the Browns have got the slightly easier schedule over us, personally. Mm, I don't know. I I think that ours is slightly easier than the Browns. I think ours is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You get the, the you get the Broncos, Bears, and Jets. I think the Broncos the are good though. I, I, the, I think the Broncos, Broncos have are entered a weird the team. Of... Yeah, they're, they're, they're okay. They're a weird team. Everybody's got to play the they're, like, they're like a cornered animal. They're they're in that kind of like we have to prove we're good. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to play the Broncos now though, because they've really hit some form the last three or four weeks. Yeah, they went from five and five. It's gonna be a good game on Sunday, I think that. Mm, Another yeah. defensive slog, I think. But yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's quite cool that the Jags have got something to say about the AFC North for three of the four teams. Yeah, I mean the Rams yeah. the same. Like the Rams are playing. I think everybody yeah. other than us. Yeah, fundamentally, we got we got rid of them already. So they're a strange team. I can't work out what I think about the Rams. Mm. No, I thought they were bad, and then I thought they were good, and then they're bad again, and now they're okay. I don't. I really. Don't I think know. they're an okay team with some very interesting offensive pieces that can. You know, they could certainly win a game, play anyone but close. They keep losing them, like Cup, what Cup, they've lost Cup. Williams is coming back. Yeah. I don't know, they're in, they're in total flux. Stafford seems injured every five seconds. I've got to say, either, whatever happens to them, I, I, I'm honestly a little bit impressed by just the because I thought they were going to, I thought they were going to absolutely suck. Yeah, same. Yeah, mm. McVay's done an amazing job. And Sneed, is Sneed still their GM? Is he like one of the longest tenured GMs? He's been there for like a two decades. I think so he? yeah, he's been there a good while. No one knows. Okay. <laughs> Hmm. I mean, he was there in the Les Snead era. I mean, he was there when they were like really bad, and they've gone through this whole like renewed era of trading away everything and or trading for everything and losing all their picks and winning Super Bowls, and now they're back down again. I don't know. Les Snead, interesting GM. I'm quite fascinated by his approach. I think what that kind of also the big thing to highlight out of our schedule is that after this week, Arizona, New England, Indianapolis. Three very winnable matchups there. No, no, Indy's a weird. Indy's one. a weird That's one. Weird. I mean, Kyler Murray's back in. You know, I, I, I still think they're three winnable games. Steelers own Cardinals, though. They own. They them. do, but like, do you think they own the Browns? They own the Thursday Cardinals. night football against the Patriots. I mean, that'll be interesting. But uh, I, I do think there's three wins there on pay on paper for sure. So I think this this is a vital game this Sunday to to boost us. We could we could have double figure double figure wins by the end of the season quite easily. All right. Sweet. Gav, you want to do the uh I forgot the name of the segment. Who am I? Who, Who am I? Thank you. Who am I? <laughs> All right. You ready? I'm ready. All listening. Ready to okay. This Wait thing. one second. Gav. Don't yeah. say the name. <laughs> I'll try not to. <laughs> I'll really try not to. I've gone through it already, but it doesn't mean I won't do it. Right, this dude Mr. Okay. Grew up in Youngstown, Ohio to a Haitian. Haitian. Is that right? Haitian? Haitian. From Haiti. Haitian? Haitian. Haitian father and uh, African-American mother. He graduated from Liberty High School. We know who, who came out from Liberty. Molly Willis? Not the high school. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. This guy came out from Liberty before. Uh, as a senior in 2009, had a huge season and donned the Scarlet Union u- uniform of the Ohio High School All-Star Team, Big 33 Football Classic against Pennsylvania High School High School All-Star Team. Okay. 
difficult sentence to say. Was also on the school's track and field team where he competed as a sprinter. A 2007 OHSAA regional track and field championships. He won the 100 meters by running a personal best 10.74 seconds. He also won the 60 meters. At, what, hey, God, give, me that, give me that abbreviation again. OHSAA Ohio, Ohio High School Ohio State, State Athletics. Athletics. Something. What's the last association? Yeah, there you go. We've, we've nailed it. Something. Yeah. He also won the 60 meters. Why is anyone running 60 meters? It's not 40. It's not 100. Please explain. <laughs> 60 meters at is 2009 not 40. Kent State High School. Yeah. What, what is it? What, what relevance does it have? Recording a career best time of 6.89 seconds, except no one cares because it's 60 meters. All right, anyway. In, in high school, totaled 2,229 yards. That's 10.4 per carry, 28 touchdowns, and was named Ohio's co-offensive player of the year in Division Three. inducted into Liberty High School Hall of Fame. So this, this was a, a, a low school dude that, Punch well above his did, weight. Did I miss a year yet? Uh, we had a uh, senior in 2009. Okay, thank you. We had the OHSAA Regional Track and Field Championships 2007. Signed as an undrafted free agent by the Baltimore Ravens. September 7th, 2015. Signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers to the practice squad. On November 27th, 2015, promoted to active roster. Earned Steelers' second string position by beating out Jordan Todman as the regular season came to a close. I'm not telling you the position, but I'm telling you the guy he beat to get to that second string position. He did, however, catch the Steelers' eighth two-point conversion of the season against the Cleveland Browns in Week 17, setting the NFL record for most successful two-point conversion attempts by a team in a season. Do you remember that year? What, the what team year was that, sorry? Uh, it would have been around 16 or 17, mm-hmm. around the Killer Bees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they went for two mm-hmm. every single time. Do you remember that season? Why, why, why did the Steelers suddenly switch to that? I'd like to make a guess. There? Gone. Fitzgerald Toussaint. <sighs> no, wait, is it actually Fitz Toussaint? You nailed it. <laughs> is that because I brought him up the other you week? Did, yeah. <laughs> well done. As soon as, well as, soon as I realized it was a running back, I'm racking my brains. I'm thinking to myself, like, what running backs are around the left bell area? Oh. And then I thought to myself, oh my god, I didn't say running back. So you said carries. Uh, Todman. You said carries. Did I say carries? And okay, you also said okay. caught the thing, so it was either, it was either a receiver or a running back. Okay, all right. Well inside. So. Who's here? So hard. You right, don't know. You don't notice two. when you give a clue sometimes. No, I know. Okay, number two. Attended O Perry Walker High School, New Orleans, Louisiana. Schoolmates and teammates with NFL wide receiver Mike Wallace. High school. Three-year starter for head coach Terry Wilson. Made 75 tackles as a senior with four quarterback sacks, seven interceptions. Also returned five punts for 180 yards and five kickoffs for 150 yards in 2003. Was named first team All-Metro and All-League as a senior. Recorded 71 tackles with two interceptions as a junior and 54 tackles as a sophomore. This dude was a baller on defense. College. Played for Oregon State between 2004-2008. After redshirting as a freshman in 2004, started all 11 games and ended the year with 98 tackles. Fourth on the team in 05. 
led the team for past breakups with 11, made the college football news third team freshman All-American, an honorable, honorable mention by the Sporting News. In 2006, 22 tackles for the season, second on the team, eight pass breakups, also accounted for a sack, two tackles for a loss, finished his career as one of the most physical, mm, do I give you the position, in the then Pac-10 conference. He's a defender, right? One of the most physical defenders. Draft. Drafted by the Steelers in round three in 2009. Played four years for the Steelers, but only made 17 starts in 45 games. I personally, this is me talking now, think he was tragically underused. Uh, Played well in spot starts and then played well when he moved to the New Orleans Saints in March 14th, 2013. Nailed it. Get in. Got it. Played. Nice. Well done. Oh, wow. We got two winners. Because he got handy for the Saints, didn't he? Good player. Mm. Yeah, he was good. But I always thought he was good. That's tragically under they were They were good ones because they were like names that no one really talks about, but you knew at the time. Yeah, you knew. <laughs> kind of Jags. Yeah. Did, I think Lewis did better than, than he did. Yeah, he, yeah. He played he better for the Saints. He had physical traits, didn't he? Yeah, long corner. Yeah, that's when the Steelers couldn't yeah. draft a corner for for Toffee. Yeah. Get awesome. it? Well done, guys. I like it when you get it. Yeah, not <laughs> I like I like the segment. It's, it's grown. It's bloomed, Gav. Cool. I like it. It's a good one. All right, is that it? Should we wrap it up? Let's do All it. right. Follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cyril. This follow Gav at GM Boom Up. Mark at Mesh NFL. Mike at Mike. No, oh God, what is it? I've forgotten. Oh, Mike underscore Ferrell? No. Jeff How? Do you know what? How have I done that? First, it's his last name, and now it's the Twitter handle. Why is it always Mike? I think what it is. Thank you, mate. That is Since we introduced Mark, it's just it's just so hard, especially when like one comes yeah. after the other. The Mark, name's so similar. It's time for you to It's been great, gents. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Hang on a minute, guys. Flag on the play. <laughs> at Mike underscore JF1 and at Ketz UK. What's the, what's the play, Ketz? I was just going to say, um, Mike, I'm going to get these wrong way around now because size <laughs> catching. Um, Mike is leaving us during draft season, so therefore we need Mike oh, to yeah. stay. Thank you. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ketz. You've saved me. There. Thank you. Yeah. Now, to play us out, we're going to have Gav sit here <laughs> and listen to the entire minute long no. Pokemon <laughs> say, theme. Yes? Before you get down in down in the dumps about uh, the you know Pokemon and stuff, remember this. <laughs> we didn't think it was possible, guys. Steelers have made a move mid-season. Praise Let's God! That in the Hallelujah! We made it, baby. Go Canada! <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you can play your silly Thank Pokemon you. thing. Are we, are we really Feel free to sing the look at home. Yes. What are we doing? I've got a nice, thick, meaty man's nan. Yeah, just keep throwing drops. <laughs> the two minute warning. <laughs> That's inside. Let me in. That was
Steelers.